Welcome to Mr. Podcast with Claude and Justin. We are back with our Leftovers podcast, uh, talking about episode 304, G'day Melbourne. G'day Melbourne. Man, such a crazy, great episode. Oh, yeah. Um, just another whirlwind of events uh, down the rabbit hole. And I, I, at this point, I think we're like, in a rabbit hole within a rabbit hole. You know, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's at least two rabbit the, holes. Through the looking glass. Rabbit's hole. Twice. <laughs> yeah, rabbit's hole, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, like attorneys general. Um, that's what you have to say. Yeah, man, this was a crazy episode again. Another. I mean, we saw the trip to them for them going to Australia coming, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, before the season started, it would have been weird to me to think, oh, maybe they'll just go to Australia and the cameras will just follow them there. Forget right. everyone in, you know, or most of the people in, um, in uh, Jarden. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting to see. And, 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 again, like, this kind of, like, the whole show is really like this, with a few exceptions where the, the focus is so narrow on these characters that you, you really don't get that good of an idea how the rest of the world is kind of functioning and how the rest of the world is dealing with things. I mean, obviously they tell you a little bit. In that yeah, area. yeah. There's some little hints uh, yeah, here like and it's there. Just, it's just so focused on these characters and yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, uh, You know. Um, but yeah, I really, really like this episode. Um, we're getting... Is it is it ten episodes or eight this season? Eight. Dang. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We were halfway done, and I was like, "But maybe there's ten. It's short. It's short. We're halfway wow. done. Yeah. Yeah, we're halfway done. Left. So this is the halfway point. So the halfway point being that at the end of this, Nora and Kevin are not together. So uh, that's a good halfway point. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, when a show is this close to the end, I mean, if you if you think to you know if you think to Lost, um, four episodes from the end. I mean, you're looking at you know the episode before across the sea i mean that's no, what you it should was. look at it you should look at it as halfway in the episode though um because that's where they are in the story you know what i mean right 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 so you have to kind of look at what was what was in the middle of season 6 yeah <clears throat> i guess plot wise like... that's how it's working i guess it's uh the you know maybe the plot is smaller or something and so it doesn't um require as much time or maybe <laughs> Maybe they spend a little too much time stalling in season six. I would say that. But anyway. Um, uh, yeah, the middle of season six is, is Recon and Abiturno. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that that was definitely, uh, that was kind of a turning point in the season. A confusing and disappointing turning point, but it definitely a turning a turning point. Gotta go blow up that plane. I think we should, we should retitle this podcast, The Lost Overs. <laughs> Yeah. Clearly, can't talk about leftovers without talking about leftovers. It's impossible. It's, anyway, I, all I was saying you, is I mean. just like, in terms of running time, you yes. know, you, there's only four. So, like, only so much stuff can happen in that yeah. amount of time. And so, as they split up at the end, I'm thinking they might be split up for the rest of the series, or at no, least so for a lot why, of the rest of the series. So from a screenwriting perspective, this is what you do, right? So, like, a very easy structure for screenwriting is basically. Wherever the character is at the midpoint, they're in the opposite at the end of the story. 
And so usually the midpoint is, yeah. is either a false victory or a false defeat, you know? So sometimes right. you see like a big action sequence or the big climax is sort of in the middle of the story. They're like, oh, we did it. Yay. We got the whatever. And then right. of course they'll realize it didn't work or whatever. And then they have another half of the movie to go. Or it's like, oh no, we're defeated. Oh, you know, we're going right. to die. And then it's like, okay, it's not that either. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. makes sense to me in terms of, you know, as Damon Lindelof has said, the Leftovers is a love story of Kevin and Nora halfway through this last season. You know, they're split up in the very middle. So, you know, yep. they're together in the beginning of the season. They're split up in the middle. That seems to me that they could be back together at the end. That'd be a yeah. nice, neat, simple structure. Yeah, that seems um, pretty logical. Uh, but but I, I also feel like there's going to be a tragic ending. And they, they won't necessarily be together. They will most likely have reconciled some of their yeah. issues with each other. But yeah. I don't know if they'll necessarily be like a happy couple and, you know, or have more kids or like, right. you know, I, I just I don't see like a, a normal happy ever after ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it's going that way. I think it's possible, but um, I, I, I guess I imagine it being like, you know, yeah, so, somewhat of a reconciliation, somewhat of a repairing of the damage that's been done. But, um, but yeah, not necessarily a storybook happily ever after, you know, then they enjoyed mm -hmm. life and had a bunch of kids and Kevin never saw people that weren't there again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I want at the end of the show. I want like a title sequence at the end that just like tells us like what happened to these people later, <laughs> but just in text, don't like show it to us. That'd be too interesting. Right. Just right. like write it in text. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I love so much about the ending of uh, Unbreakable. I loved it when it was just like a bunch <laughs> of text talking about what happened. <laughs> hey, Quentin Tarantino considered that one of the best movies ever made. And uh, Oh, God, really? Yeah, I actually just like last week saw an interview with him from back when this movie came out. Uh, he loved it because he was like, it's such a brilliant premise. What if Superman didn't know he was Superman? And then I'm thinking to myself, that's the actual premise of the Superman story. Like, the whole <laughs> point of the Superman sto origin story is when he's a kid, he's got powers. He doesn't know he's Superman. When he's an adult, young adult, you know, he, he becomes Superman. He doesn't know he's Superman. It's something he decides to become, you know. So it was really weird when he was, like, flipping out about how great it was. And I'm thinking, that's baked into the origin story itself. Like, what are you talking about, Queen? Yeah. Yeah, but nice anyway, try. I don't think he's yeah. that into comic book stuff. Um, he loved, like... he, yeah, no, I think he was like one of the best. I, he qualified it somehow, like top five movies or something. Yeah. Past few years or something weird. But I, to, for me, like what I wouldn't characterize it that way. I guess I would say the what 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 I liked about it was it, it had this kind of proto Christopher Nolan kind of thing of. Let's try to take uh, a superhero story and play it in a semi-realistic fashion. You know, mm -hmm. like, I guess dial down the cartoonishness and say, like, how could this, like, sort of make sense in a real-world context? Yeah. You know, um, that that's what it feels like. It's this kind of gritty, like, more human uh, superhero story. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's what was interesting about it, at least for me, um, you know, focusing a lot on the drama of it, what it means, you know, uh, yeah. to be such a person coming to grips with that. Like, I think that's, 
Uh, but the ending just text on a screen is just not I mean for a comedy it's fine if it's funny but um but yeah it's it's always disappointing and then this happened to this character and, <clears throat> and this character went on to you know yeah. whatever found a so that's what you, so that's something. what you think about unbreakable what do you think about good day melbourne oh sorry um <laughs> <laughs> i just text on the screen that's uh yeah, well, uh, I I mean, I definitely enjoyed the episode. It's it's one of those things where, you know, we both guessed, you know, correctly that it would be about uh, their arrival in Australia. And I think we brought up the idea that uh, that Nora would meet with, uh, you know, the uh, the crazy, I don't know, what was I calling it? The, the laser, the death ray? <laughs> that, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, the death ray people. Um uh, you know, there would be some kind of, uh... That's also a good band name. Of course, I didn't, I didn't quite expect that there would be this testing process, which I guess I should have, because they set it up with the guy who burned himself, you know, this idea yeah. that there would be yeah. some kind of psychological or physical evaluation. Like, just because she's been offered it doesn't mean there's not an actual, like, test part of it. Right. But my question is, like, why, you know? I mean, why do they give a shit, you know, <laughs> uh, if what, what they say question. to this question about a baby or whether they pass a stress test. I mean, who can't, yeah. right? You take their money and you zap them away. Who gets, well, you know that, what I mean? That, but then that, so that tells you that it's not that simple, right? That there's some other factors there. And, and I think the factors are either on two angles. Like it's either the, the administrators of the machine itself, the scientists or whoever's controlling it and all those people, they have specific reasons who they want. Or I think the other angle is the science itself. Like the machine itself, it only works or works better if there's certain kind of people that mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. um, I do think there's a, an obvious kind of interesting quality about like if they if they want to go there, that that helps them go there or something. Right. You know, uh, but I don't think the scientists actually know where the people are going. So I don't really think that's necessarily true. It could just be their hypothesis that, you know. You need to really want to go to that departed world or else when we zap you, you know, you might go somewhere else or you might, mm -hmm. it might not work. I do love, though, that I do every time uh, I keep wanting to call her Carrie, uh, Nora, um, I love how she keeps saying unless they're getting cremated, unless they're cremating people, because mm -hmm. um, I just feel like that's a that's it comes off to me like a a crackpot theory that they would have revealed later is true or something, but they're telling us up front that it's a possibility, which I, I like for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, we got to talk about that when we kind of get into the thing. Yeah. Cause they, they have like but, a pretty specific idea of what they think they're doing. Yep. And I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea why. And, and it's just, it's, it starts to get weird because you know, it seems like the story itself, not just the, those characters, not just these rogue scientists or whatever, but it seems like a lot of characters and the story itself, like meaning like stuff like the hotel. Um, and then and then we even have this thing with, uh, you know, John and Lori's like fake psychic thing. This idea that like the people who departed, you know, went to some place. 
you know, and specifically didn't go where dead people go. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like they were they were transported to some place, but that doesn't mean that they they died in any yeah, yeah. normal sense. Um, I thought that was a great distinction to 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 bring up. Yeah, and you know, I mean, a lot of uh, a, a lot of what we've seen in the show has kind of assumed that, and it's sort of like it just seems like a faulty assumption to me. I don't really understand why they're so sure that's Wait, the case. Sorry. Why? Why was the case? Why? Why it's the case that the people who departed, uh, you know, all all were transported to some location. Mm hmm. Yeah, you're right. That has been an assumption. No one really said they're the whatever made them disappear killed them because I think there's no evidence, right? There's no yeah, nothing they left behind physically. So if they are dead, they're not dead on Earth. So they did go someplace. I think that's why they have that assumption because they they vanished from here, so they went somewhere else. That's true to some sense, right? That has to be true. They did go somewhere. Now, if if the, if that place is a re, it's a physical place or a metaphysical place, it's up for debate, I guess. Um, but I think that's why everybody has that that at least in terms of talking about the departed, right? Plus, departed anyway means kind of going to a place, right? A place, right, right, right. Place. But I but I feel like it's an assumption. I mean, they disappeared. I feel like no one knows, you know. But doesn't um, that? necessitate going somewhere if you disappear because or or i should say does it not being here mean you went somewhere else i mean i don't know what happened you know can you not be Um, here and then you're also nowhere i mean in in the you know in the normal like way that physics works i think yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to just vanish and not exist anywhere anymore Mm but um but I mean, the departure, you know, is not something that should have happened by normal physics. I think so. I don't know. I feel like they disappeared. They, to me, it's open, you know, possibility that they didn't go anywhere. They just vanished from existence completely. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, and I, I don't see why that's not not a, not a consideration. I, I think. I think it just. I think it comes down to how a the show has talked about them, but but you know, because I think if you like, if this was the real world, uh, I think how people talk about the departure is just kind of you know an effect of of how they were dealing with it, right? And so I think most people would uh, would 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 just kind of use the vernacular that they went somewhere, they left, they departed, like right you know, all. Versus saying, oh, they just stopped existing, you know. Right. Um, and it's the same with, you know, dying, too, you know. Most people kind of assume you go somewhere, your consciousness right. goes somewhere, uh, even though we also do consider you just cease to exist, you know. But, you know, in that case, your body is still there, you know, wherever yeah, it was but the, Yeah, but died. I'm just saying, the way we talk about death, I think they kind of transferred that to the part. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, but it just seems to me like... Like, I don't know how far they're going with it if it's really just a matter of, like, most characters are assuming this. And who knows? I mean, maybe there's going to be some kind of subjective confirmation. You know, it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I guess, um, uh, 
yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a practical thing. But it did strike me that, like, different characters with different points of view and motivations are kind of saying similar things about what happened to the people who departed. Yeah, and I think it, I think the show is at least trying to make it clear to the audience that that is something to consider. Because I think if, if the show had, at the, up until this point, told us that um, the people who departed just stopped existing, then this whole... Gambit of the machine wouldn't really quite work because we wouldn't be thinking, oh, she's going to go somewhere. If she goes in the machine, or we wouldn't sort of right. trust, or you know, or or have any validity to the the scientist argument that they are sending people to some place. So yeah. I think that's why I think they have to kind of like make make that clear. Um, and but but I find that in yeah, but I, I I just find that interesting that yeah, like you said, so many characters are are kind of on that page, and I think probably for different reasons. Um, I think from like Lori's angle, you know, I guess we'll get into it, but I, I, I feel like Lori is probably like wanting to not like walk the line between helping people and deceiving people. And I think she's comfortable saying that dead people are dead, <laughs> right? Uh, but the departed are out of the realm of what they can use their, their, you know, or John can use his powers for, because then he's just Wayne, you know, then he's just using uh or should say uh manipulating people uh which they're doing the other way too but this but <laughs> they're manipulating some people about something they're unsure about or they can't know, you know? right right uh, but i just yeah i found that super interesting when she's like oh no depart it can't do it call it shut down yeah shut yeah, down. yeah yeah i was i was curious what the objection was exactly and also and also specifically telling him or telling John to tell the guy, "Hey, the departed are at are somewhere else." Like, like they yeah. didn't even have to do that part. He yeah. could have just, just said, "Hey, shut it down." And then John says, "Hey, sorry, I'm not getting anything by." But he was like, she specifically wanted him to communicate to the guy that the departed went to another place, which right. is interesting because then he's going to go and tell other people that he's going to believe the experience he had, and then if anybody talks about the departed, he's going to be like, "No, no, no, they they went to a place." So I thought that's kind of interesting. They're putting that out in the world. It's weird, and it just it makes me wonder where they where they got that idea and why they're saying that to people, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, it's you know I just to me I mean again it's an assumption. They I feel like they don't know that any more than they know, you know, a lot of things that they're saying. And so I mean, why not make up make up a story? Along similar lines, you know, just mm-hmm. just acting like they had died because for most people, I mean, the people who departed, it's 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 like they died. Maybe it's worse because they disappeared, but um, effectively, you know, they're gone. You know, oh, it's definitely it's definitely worse. Definitely worse because <laughs> you have no closure <laughs> right but i mean i don't know like you know people uh i mean you know people disappear a lot mm-hmm. of times and are never found yeah uh it happens and 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 their families never know what happened to them mm-hmm. right but you know for the most part you know in a lot of cases you can assume at a certain point that they're probably dead you know, sure. it's not it's not crazy to think that, you know, um, and I, I mean, or at least like they're not alive in any sense that is going to, you know, mean anything to me, mm-hmm. you know, here on Earth. 
You know, so like I might as well treat them like they're dead because I mean I get why that's not the case, but I'm just saying like from you know from the yeah, point of view I think of like that's the difference, therapy. right? Is is and it's kind of like Grace's story, like the idea of her kids vanishing versus it's wow, it's actually very apropos. <laughs> the idea yeah. of her kids vanishing versus they actually just left. They just went to a place like you said, like you're saying, like they disappeared, like they they physically just left. Um, and I think that's the difference is is that closure angle, right? Um, because you're saying like there's no difference to me if they're gone, they might as well be dead. But that's the difference I think is they they there is actually still hope that they're that they are alive, and they can come back, right? There's a difference if if the departed went to a parallel Earth and they're just living life there or something, versus like they cease to exist, they're dead. You know, like that's a completely different proposition um and right. i think that that's why the characters care about that distinction because you know that that's the difference um you know between between like having having that hope and not and i think like the longer um you know the longer that the art should say the more that time passes from the great departure the more they'll be in that category you kind of described as well. They're effectively probably, you know, I mean, if it's been 50 years, right. you know, if, if you're, if somebody who was older departed, it's like, well, even if they went to someplace, they're probably not alive anymore. Um, you know, something like that. But, um, I also right, think even if they are be... at a certain point, it's not going to do anybody any good. If they come back like 500 years from now, you know, it's not really going to, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not really going to help anyone who actually knew them. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, and and I think there could be something just linguistically about when they say, uh, and I need to see the scene when John, when John is actually says the guy, but he, but he basically says, you know, they went to some other place. Um, that could include non-existence. <laughs> you yeah. know, like just that uh, sort of generally speaking. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, I was just going to say about, oh, about Grace's story, uh, something that's interesting about that is that it actually seemed like it was worse for her, I guess because she thought the departure was the rapture. It, it was, was worse than her because she had faith that they were in a better place. Yeah, so when she found out that they all died and she knew, it was, yeah, in that case. So it's like it can be worse depending on, you know. <laughs> depending on how the individual i guess thinks about the departure yes yeah that's fair yeah but that's uh, a, that's definitely a unique situation i mean that that was something that you know we hadn't really seen on the show before you know which is kind of surprising yeah and there's another a similar version of that where you know there's going to be people out there who thought their loved ones departed but their loved ones were kidnapped you know right or, you know, someone yeah. took advantage of that moment and kidnapped somebody yeah. or whatever or just absconded with, you know. Um, and yep. that's, you know, that that's a thing that they, they touch on. They kind of sprinkle throughout the show. But, I mean, imagine the urban legends in the world like this. I mean, jeez. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody's like, I saw this happen when the departure. Or I saw this happen because of the departure. Or I saw, you know what I mean? And you're not going to know what's true or not. Right. You, you know, it's going to be like when... Um, uh, I think it was Grace's story when the departure happened and she's like at the grocery store or something. Yeah. And she's like the check girl vanished with the peas in her hand or whatever she said. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I don't know. I, I just kind of instinctively was like, I don't quite believe you. Because <laughs> you're giving me mythology, and I don't necessarily trust you yet. Um, but, you know, the idea that, like, the departed left with objects or whatever. Right, right. But it, but it was just, well, they did leave called... with their clothes. Well, they left know? with their clothes, but their clothes are, you know, uh, yeah. It, there's a, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Had to. I think, I know, I know. I, you, they left with their clothes, which, which makes complete sense. Because it would be a different show if they vanished naked and they left all their clothes behind. Yeah. Just that'd be even crazier. Um, it would change how season one goes with the guilty remnant. <laughs> they all have, they already have the clothes. Um, but yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Grace's story about that. But anyway, just, it just made me think like, well, that's just hearsay. I just, you know, you have to take her word for it or not, but just imagine how much, you know, the story, Tony, the chicken, you know, there's stories like that going around. Mm-hmm. Hey, my dog can predict the lotto numbers. Give me a hundred bucks and we'll win the lotto, you know? And, yeah. uh, or, or whatever, or like, um, yeah, just so much. And so I was rewatching this in season one. Um, and I, sorry to go in on the side here, but we're talking about departure, but, um, did Lori's <laughs> baby get departed? It's, uh, it's ambiguous, I think. Okay. Okay. Cause they, cause we don't see what happens after that. And then, but then by the time we get to the beginning of the show, she doesn't have the baby. Right. She's not pregnant anymore. Okay. Yeah, and so, I mean, like, it, it ends on that shot, and, you know, I, I remember when I watched it the first time, and when I watched it, when I rewatched it recently, I'm I'm expecting, because, like, this is usually how these things work, you see the shocked look on her face, and then you cut to the, you know, ultrasound, or whatever it was, and you see not that, you know, the fetus yeah. is gone. Yeah. Um, that seems, you know, and then and then the credits roll, but they don't do that. They just hold on her face, and you never see what she sees there. You assume that that's what it was, but she never said it. I it's don't funny. think out loud on the show. Yeah. And it it leaves open the idea that you know uh, she lost the baby some other way. She had an abortion. Any number of other, you know, she was ready. I mean, things were coming to a head, you know, with Kevin anyway, and so. It's it's sort of like it makes sense that that would maybe push her over the edge, but you yeah, know. I don't see her. If the baby didn't depart, I don't see her keeping the baby and then joining the guilty remnant. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then doing what? Putting that baby in white and making it smoke. That's not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> get that cigarette out your mouth, bit. And the baby can't write things down yet. You know, right. It's gonna be- Wow. Oh God! It's gonna be like learning to talk, and they're gonna be like, and then, like "Shut up!" She's stop. trying. Yeah, exactly. Write it down. <laughs> um, and you have to underline the paper a lot to make your point. You uh, always learn to talk first, so that's, uh, that's yeah, that's gonna be rough. tough. It's gonna and be then, tough. and then, you know, she's trying to put the baby to sleep. She can't sing a lullaby. She's got to write it down. Oh God! The baby can't suck. read it. Come on, guys. Worst lullaby ever. <laughs> Guilty remnant, baby. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, we um, didn't see a lot of babies with the Guilty Remnant. I think that's, no. you know, pretty reasonable because, yeah, what are you going to do with but, a baby? But it's interesting you bring up that, you know, the kind of structure of that scene where she's looking at the ultrasound or whatever sonogram and she doesn't, uh, she doesn't, we don't see what she sees, but she has a reaction because that's exactly what happens in this episode, Day Melbourne, where she sees the photo of Evie that Kevin texted yeah. her. We don't see it. 
Yet yeah. she confirms that it's true, and I shouldn't have believed her. Yeah. But she had me. Um, they, and, I was uh, totally we'll fooled that. by that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but I, but that's interesting. It's, they they kind of use that same thing again. Uh, yeah, you're and right. They use it with Lori. So uh, that's you're really right. Thing. In this case, we did get a reveal though, and like there was yeah. never a follow up on that, and. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're getting to the end of the show. I guess if that's ever going to come up again, you know, why did you leave the family and join the guilty remnant? I would also say, though, that if her baby departed, that would actually really uh, make her want to go to the guilty remnant. So that might that that would be a that would be a plus in that category of like that would drive her to guilty remnant if she had a had a. supernatural miscarriage or something or yeah whatever. yeah yeah and i i think we're supposed to believe that's what happened it's just it's it's interesting that they didn't you know they didn't confirm it a hundred percent yeah and it, and it, and if that is true then what did what was she reacting to on the ultrasound right because she didn't really know what was happening outside because you hear some commotion when it happened when the departure happens outside of the room she's in i think um, maybe her doctor departs no, the doctor didn't depart. No. Um, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure it was just... There was no one in the room who departed. Uh, there was, like, commotion outside of the room when it happened. And then I think the doctor leaves to go see what happened. Oh, okay. And then okay. And that's when Lori looks at the, the screen. Yeah. Um, but, because, uh, yeah, if the doctor departed in front of Lori, it'd be a whole different... <laughs> we would have saw that. Um... <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I don't know. remember that happening. But but no, she yeah, she just leaves the room to go to go see what happens. Okay. But I could see her saying, you know, at some moment of drama and heightened uh, emotion, you know, she's like, Kevin, our baby departed in utero. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's but that's a whole other crazy thing, you know. What's the youngest a a, a baby or fetus could be departing? Because she was at six months or something. She or no, not even that much. She was, I believe. Well, I, maybe I'm not even sure if they said how how far along she was, but it was within the time frame that she could have an abortion. I think. Um, but it begs the question, like you know, how how young could how what's the youngest someone departed you know oh yeah 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 that's uh and the fact that sh- the baby went and not hers is extra interesting right because you you could you would you would assume the other way would make sense a mother who's pregnant you know a woman who's pregnant with the baby they both depart that would make sense right right but yeah baby and not her well, yeah, and uh, we also had the in the Tony the Chicken story, uh, all the animals <laughs> departed as well as the people, which is something that another another rumor I didn't believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it doesn't have to be true, but that's what they said. Yeah, yeah they, yeah, exactly. And you know, that's something that it, it wasn't clear to me if that happened or not. Uh, originally, it seemed like maybe it didn't. Um. But I wasn't 100% sure. I mean, the, the whole thing with the dogs seemed that they were all left behind. And the ones who saw, mm. you know, their owners yeah. departing were the ones that, you know. Now, are these are these separate from the dogs that are turning into people? 
I kind of wanted them to connect that. Like the dogs who saw their humans depart are now turning into people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, Dean was, the, yeah, that's the dogs. That's the one. He was like, they're evolving. You know, so I assume it's the same one. Oh, he did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I kind of want to do a two of every animal thing, you know, like, oh, that's what happened. It was, it, it was a global Noah's Ark. And two of every person or two of every animal, dis- you know, or something like that vanished. Right. You know, but that doesn't quite work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Too many humans. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, or like two of every person who has this quality, you know, that's very mm-hmm. specific, you know, um, this, this gene or this, you know, DNA sequence or this whatever, you know. Right. Something that would make it only 2% of the people left, even though they got two of every whatever kind. Right. Anyway, uh, do you want to get in the episode? Any any other big thoughts before we dive in? Sure. Uh, uh, mm, no, I think the rest of what I have will sort of come up along the way as we go through it. All right. Well, let's uh, get into it. All right. So um, I'm going to split this up. I mean, this uh, this episode is basically um, uh, Kevin and Nora. They start out together. They come to Melbourne. They check into the hotel. They split up. They have their own separate plots. Mm-hmm. And then they come back together at the end. And then they split up again. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess what I'm going to do is is describe the, uh, the first part um, before they split up. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then do, uh, Kevin's story, Nora's story. And then when they get that, that's my plan (laughs) just for the record. Um, okay. So the, and the first part goes till, till they, till they split up when uh, they leave for the day, basically. Yeah. Okay. Cause I definitely want to talk. You know, we got to talk about the Evie thing on TV and all that stuff. So right, right, right. There's a lot. There's a lot in the beginning too to talk about. Um, cool. Okay. So. Um, uh, okay. So so the first part of the episode, uh, Kevin and Nora going through the uh, the airport, and um, uh, they're about to like go through the customs or whatever you call that area uh nora has this thing called global entry which i don't actually even know what that is so um (laughs) feel free to tell me if you do um i guess it's something where uh you you get less security or whatever um well off the top of my head global entry is a u.s customs and border protection program that allows expedited clearance for pre-approval lowest travelers upon arrival in the united states members enter the united states through automatic kiosks at select airports uh, at airports program members proceed to global entry kiosks present their machine readable passport to u.s permanent resident card place their fingerprints on the scanner for fingerprint verification and complete a customs declaration and then of course the kiosk issues the traveler transaction uh, Proceed in, directs your traveler baggage claim, and the ex. That's just from what I remember. So then they're using it inaccurately, <laughs> I guess, because she's using it to leave the country, not to, um, not to re-enter. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So, so yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's just a or little. Or perhaps, uh, perhaps there's a global entry for uh, Australia. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, she goes over to do that. Uh, Kevin goes through the normal line. Uh, once they meet up again afterwards, he's immediately like, "All right, what are you smuggling? Otherwise, why bother?" Uh, and she's like, "The twenty thousand dollars." Like, hey. Um, like, hey. And, uh, right? Because we all knew, you know, $20,000 for the, for the, for the death ray. And so, uh, she, uh, she has him come in the bathroom, take it off. Uh, he mentions, why don't you just give me half? It's like, oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if you were just going to tell him anyway. Because, like, the whole time I was thinking, you know. Yep. Yep. Uh, about the trip like how is she gonna hide this from him how is she gonna like sneak off and like she didn't hide it at all she yeah. just told him here i got money here's what the money's for if if anything's a lie it's like this idea that she's gonna expose them or you know she's gonna crack down on their their fraudulent scheme or something you know why do you it, think that's a lie well it just seems to me like she's she's like half it, it seems like she's half like wanting to do it and half and, and sort of like when they reject her, she wants mm -hmm. to like take them down. You know, it, well, it seems I, to me I like think, her, her yeah. heart's not all in. I in think that. she's telling herself she's using the, the undercover thing as like, I, mean, I think she she does want to expose them because she doesn't want the hope that there is a way to see her family again. And I think uh, because hope leads to disappointment, which she finds out this episode. And yeah. so I, but yeah, so I think you're right. I think her heart's not really in it. She, she kind of secretly would, would hope it works, but she, she just thinks it's bullshit, you know, and she, she just wants to, to prove it's bullshit. Just like, you know, um, the tower guy, you know, departing, you know, she, um, wanted to make sure people knew that that was bullshit. He, he had a heart attack and that was it, you know? Right. I think it's that same kind of thing is she hates, um, it's similar a bit to, to what Laurie kind of, I think, thinks about this, but in a less hostile way, um, or more hostile, and Nora's version is more hostile, uh, where, um, you know, she doesn't want any supernatural answers to things, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't, she's like, things, she wants things to be kind of cut and dry, you know, um, and reasonable, and I think that's why she doesn't like Kevin's book, you know, and we'll talk right. about that whole thing. Right, right, right. Um, okay. But it does. But real quick, it does. It does. It is weird to me that they they do this kind of jokey thing of why didn't you just give me half? And she's like, huh? Like I didn't think about that because that's not. They don't usually play these this kind of like plot oversight for laughs. That's not something I I've really seen before. Uh, yeah. On this show or or lost. Um, and cause they could have easily rewritten the beginning, right? They didn't have to have her smuggle money. They could have just, they, they could have just written it where at the beginning of the scene, he already has half. We already talked, they talked about it on the plane or yeah. off screen or whatever. Um, so the fact that they're like, no, <laughs> we're going to keep it the way the audience is expecting, which is that, you know, from the last episode, she didn't tell him what, what, what she was you know going to do and that she was going to bring money it's just yeah it's a weird thing to me that they that they did it this way and just made her seem to have this oversight and obviously like 
goes with the theme that they're a dysfunctional couple. You know, there's there's lack of trust here and a lack of sort of thinking about him as someone she could partner with on this thing and, and the whole give me half, you know, kind of half of their life or responsibilities or whatever. So right. then it goes with that. But it's just interesting because they don't, you know, that's, that, that was an unusual moment for them to call out something the audience is probably thinking and just make a laugh line out of it. It's strange. I mean, they could have just made it 30,000 and then there's no solution like that. Mm-hmm. You know, then she has to smuggle it in and yep. there's no need to like, Oh, wouldn't there, shouldn't there have been an easier way? But yeah, maybe, maybe they wanted that stuff you're mentioning. I mean, maybe that was the, the goal there. Because it, it, it seems weird to have it like just the amount that is exactly the maximum that the two of them could do. Yeah. And, you I, know? and there's a scene later, which I thought was interesting, when, when she assumes Kevin is there to hang out to go find his dad. And I think that also touches on this, this idea that they're kind of just out of step with each other. Right. Because she, she didn't even think, oh, you're here to support me? <laughs> <laughs> What? I thought you were here for your own self. I'm here for my own selfish reason. I thought you were also here for your own selfish reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Okay, so uh, let's see. They have sex in the bathroom. Um, then they cut to them on a plane. On the That's plane, all I the guess. description the sex scene gets? Yeah, what, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> Come on, man. Where'd they do it? Who did what? When? Come on. Jeez. We have an audience that really wants ventilating. They want you to describe the scene they are. You want me to do like some kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey extended description? (laughs) Should I embellish what happened on the show? Please. Yeah, make it dirtier. (laughs) And then they got the whip out. Um... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if this podcast can just turn into like an X-rated leftovers audio like uh radio play, that'd be great. I'll give you a reason to put a bag over your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. You want to depart something? I'll give you something to depart. <laughs> It'll be sudden, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the whole episode... Won't be nothing left over. <laughs> Whatever that means. I don't know what that means. But it makes sense in some weird way. It, it reminds me, like, the whole episode, I was wondering if he... Uh, actually, Nora mentions that she took his duct tape. Uh, I was wondering <gasps> um, if um, uh, if Kevin was going to pull out the bag and, and go for a... Uh, Oh, I didn't even catch that that it was the duct tape he uses for the bag over his head. Yeah. I didn't catch that. I, I mean, thought I she meant that's what it was. Yeah, but... no, that's a really good catch. I assume she just meant. I assume it was a throwaway line <laughs> to fill the time where she was un, you know, taking it off. Yeah, because right. I thought she just meant you have duct tape somewhere in the house. I took it. <laughs> right, right, right. In a sense, I think she means that. But yeah, I'm assuming since we specifically saw that he had a roll of duct tape, you know, in that box. Yeah, um, yeah. No, and I think she's like a little bit saying, referencing you know, connecting it. his crazy thing to her crazy thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. 
But so, anyway, the sex scene, the only thing I can say about the sex scene, though, is that uh, they were sexing it up on, like, a baby-changing station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, yeah. and there's this idea that Nora might be pregnant. Yeah, yeah, uh, I've heard a lot of people saying that. I mean, I guess that's not... That's definitely not out of the question. Um, there is some lines later about her having a, an IUD, uh, which should mean that it shouldn't happen. But then it's Damon Lindelof, you know, mm-hmm. he's a big so fan that's why of it's, pregnancies that's why it will that happen aren't supposed to happen. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, it's definitely possible. You know, pregnancy, children as a symbol of hope, if they're split up, but you know, there's a there's a child there. Then that's you know that that provides a, you know opportunities for sentimental moments at the end. So I could see him going that direction. I would be kind of disappointed if that's if that's really where it goes, unless they do something interesting with it and not just the usual kind of like it's a symbol of hope and a you know a bond with someone that you've lost and so on. You know, like that's that's generally like. I've seen that a lot. I don't necessarily need to see that again. Um, if they have something somewhere else to go with that, it works for me. Um, I, I would say I think it's definitely possible, but I'm I'm kind of hoping it's not just the usual thing they do with babies at the end of shows. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but that's just a hope. That's not necessarily, you know... I mean, this happens a lot for a reason, and uh, it could easily happen again here. Um, it, it seems like they could be teasing us and it doesn't have, but whatever, you know, I, I, I think your, your point is valid. <laughs> um, something else I was going to say about, um, uh, okay. Yeah, I guess we'll get there soon. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, then it cuts to, uh, Kevin and Nora on the plane and she's talking about, uh, watching the testimonials and, uh, how they're scam artist and cremating people um and he's like aren't you out of your jurisdiction and he's just yeah (laughs) uh which you know seems like a valid question it is like a u.s government organization so uh, i don't know if she's really within her i mean presumably australia would have their own version of such a thing and um you know, it would be their job to, to do that if it's going on within their borders. Anyway, yeah. um, also, uh, uh, he asked, like, what, what, if they, what if they ask why I'm here? You know, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and she's got this excuse about, uh, I'll just say we're in a toxic codependent relationship. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and we realized the best thing for us is for me to leave the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it's cool. But it's cool. but we're 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 our relationship is healthy enough that he's gonna see me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he came to Australia to yeah, provide support. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's great in that. We're codependent. It's great when he <laughs> wants me to leave. He's really supportive in my leaving. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> so yeah, um that that little thing is interesting because it it comes back later um and it made me wonder if if there's any um if there's any significance to that now it might just be a, a red herring and and it's really just about the you know the tensions that are growing between them and so on and like her saying out loud what you know on some level mm-hmm. she probably believes about their relationship um and like yeah that that kind of 
getting that in the open. Um, but, you know, uh, it comes up again later when she's going through the whole thing. So, uh, so we'll come back to that. Um, so then we, uh, then we go to the hotel room and, uh, she's like, gonna look up your dad and nah, why would I do that? I don't know where he is. And, you know, I'm here for you. This is all about you. <laughs> um, and uh, then she notices the book, uh, and he claims that he uh, Kevin claims he read it on the plane while she was asleep, which really sounds dubious to me. Um, uh, but then she's like, "Oh, I got gotcha. you. I'm gonna test you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll open to a random page, and it's it's the it's the uh, climax it, of the whole thing, the <laughs> international assassin uh, plot where." Um, he takes Patty to the well. Man, I wish I could see what they said about the guy in the bridge. I mean, I guess, like, I guess they just kind of narrate what happened. But it's weird, like, I didn't realize they had this level of detail about what happened in the hotel plot. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm wondering where they got this from, honestly. Because, uh, like, I didn't think, I mean, Kevin did not on screen tell anyone this level of detail about what went down. I think he's supposed to have told Michael. I, I guess that's what we're supposed to believe, but it, it must have been off screen because he on oh. screen all he said was, you know, I was in a hotel and Virgil helped me and Patty's mm-hmm. gone. He didn't say jack shit about this extended. I almost feel you know, like he wouldn't have gone into this much detail if he, unless they were writing a book about him. That's what's weird to me. It almost. Yeah, I almost it almost makes sense if like Michael's like, "Hey, I want to write a book about what happened." So what? Tell me what happened, and then he tells him all this detail. It's weird that he would. I mean, it is it isn't that detailed, but you know, it is it is sort of beat by beat of what happened. It's interesting too. He talks about the hangman, uh, mm-hmm. and it's interesting they call him the hangman in the script because uh, I read the International Assassin script, uh, the official script, and they call him Bridge Man. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but uh but you know there's that scene where uh the little girl patty's in the car and kevin is talking to the hangman outside the car and we don't hear what they're saying so it's interesting if he told michael what they talked about if that's actually in the book right 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 which i feel like that's what that has to mean because i i just it's hard for me to believe that they would guess those details so precisely you know, in terms of, like, what exactly went down in the hotel, not just, like, I got rid of Patty, you know? Yeah, but I'm just saying specifically for that moment, since the audience doesn't know what he, what, what he and Kevin talked about, I'm wondering if, if, he, if, he, if he would have told Michael what they talked about or not, you know? Because the rest of the stuff we've seen, so it makes sense that they're going to tell the audience. Wait, now I'm confused. So I'm just saying, okay, so in the episode, you know, um, before Kevin leaves the bridge and the, and the hangman, uh, Patty's in the car and then Kevin and the hangman are talking, you know, and, but we can't see what they're saying. We can't tell what they're saying, right? So I was, just, I was just asking or pondering, like, because, you know, Kevin was in that scene uh, and he supposedly or purportedly told Michael what happened with the whole hotel saga. Oh, that you know, part. Maybe, yeah, yeah maybe gotcha. he told Michael what he said to the hangman or what they right. talked about. 
yeah, you know, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I got confused. I forgot about that part completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems possible, but it's just, it's just, it's kind of crazy to me. I, I mean, I guess maybe he he wanted to tell somebody, and and Michael already like knew a decent amount about what he went through to get there, and at least like vaguely what had happened. So he was sort of like. You know, he would be the least shocked hearing, like, the story. Um, like, if he wanted to tell somebody, it makes sense that it would be Michael. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's It sort of seems like they've seen the show. <laughs> and he says, uh, you know, Nora says, where does Matt come up with this stuff? You know, so it's interesting if, if Matt, if. Matt wrote it, or Michael wrote it, or Kevin told Michael the story, and then Michael told well, the Matt thing. the Ke- story. Kevin later says John wrote it too, so it's it's, it's he, sort of yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, and maybe and maybe they each have their parts, you know, because they each have a piece of Kevin's story, you know, whatever happened right. that was just those two of those people, you know, sort of a thing. Right. So maybe in that sense, they're writing it together. Right. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what to think about. I get. I guess they just all. I don't know, John. John, what? What? Where did Kevin say John wrote it? Because I remember he said when he's talking to Lori. That's like the last thing he says to her. Ask, he's like, "Oh yeah, he's book he wrote about me." Um. Yeah, because I remember before. Yeah, asked John about the fucking book he wrote about me. Yeah, I remember the before uh, thinking in. Uh, in the first episode of the season when John... I thought John just kind of knew about the book. I, I had that impression, too. But then then Kevin said, he, you know... Of course, like, I don't know I don't know what the truth is supposed to be. But maybe it's sure. just that it just be, what you're saying. Like, they all collaborated. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um... So I'm trying to see if there's anything I want to talk about before we move ahead. Let's see. Uh, okay, I think we're good. Yeah, so obviously, like, he gets it right because he remembers what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, seemingly, like, I get the sense he didn't actually read the book. I think he read the book because at the end of the episode, he claims he loves it. He claims... And I thought there was something interesting about his that kind of reveal, if it's actually true, that that he he's secretly enamored by this whole sort of uh, you know sort of uh, compilation of the events, like in this sort of format, like really speaks them in a way that like the disparate events as he lived them kind of didn't, you know. He said so he that loved that the book. Yeah, I mean, he was now again. He was he was very emotional, and this is right before he burned it. <laughs> He lights it on fire, Cause, but because but Carrie is I keep calling her Carrie now that I know her name is Carrie Coon. Uh, Nora um, keeps uh, was was like goading him, saying, "Oh, you love it, you love this book," and he or no, he said you like it, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I love it." Yeah, I thought he was. I mean, I thought he was being facetious. I I didn't think he actually meant it. I thought it was it was like, yeah, here's how much I love it. I'm gonna burn it right now. Like I, I didn't think I he thought he was. He, yeah, I, I, I can definitely understand reading it that way, uh, but I took it as he was willing to like let it go because there's nothing in there he didn't know, um, 
I thought it was more like he was mad and willing to let it go, but he actually did love it, you know, and he was mad that he loved it, and that's why he burned it, because he hated the fact that he, because it's so, you know, narcissistic. So, yeah, I definitely, I got the impression that he didn't read it. Uh, there's a there's a moment later, uh, um, uh, uh, when, uh, when he looks through the book, um, Mm -hmm. and we see, like, some flashes of, uh, things that I guess are, you know, supposed to have been in the book, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, uh, I got the sense that, like, at that point, you know, he was actually, like, looking at it in detail for the first time and seeing, seeing what it said and remembering the things that happened, um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, I just took it as he was just remembering whatever page he read at that point. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cause when he says, when he's like, he's like, yeah, he's, he's totally sounds like he's being facetious. He's like, like it. I fucking love it. It's riveting. I read it fucking cover to fucking cover. Um, because I thought he actually did read it. I thought he was thought he was just being he was just kind of being like weird about it yeah 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 i mean it's definitely possible it just seemed to me that he that he didn't really read it and he just he knows what's in it because it's the stuff that happened to him then why would he say he read it or does he not want to admit that it's true or something to her i think i think at a certain point he does actually read it now now i'm confused about when that scene happened because i i distinctly remember it um yeah when did that happen well but so you're saying he did read it at some point in the episode yeah i think we see him do it uh but now now i don't i don't remember when that was well then the thing that i think at the end should be true then when he's burning the book, he would he should have read it by then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just not convinced he loves it. Um, mm. uh, yeah, what? Where? I swear that happened. So there's a scene about 12 minutes in where he grabs the book. He's in the hotel room and he sits on the bed. I think this is the scene you're talking about where he yeah. sees a flash or two. So when when does that happen? This is about 12 minutes in. Okay, so it's before he sees the thing on TV? It's right before that, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can I I can totally see your perspective. The way he kind of like looks at the book, like, okay, I'm gonna finally tackle this mm-hmm. thing. Let me let me look at it, and he's going through the pages. Yeah. So, but it, then it's just a weird it's weird writing then because and when she says, "Did you read it?" the answer is no, but by the end, the answer will be yes. Right. But when he's saying yes, I read it, I love it, he's actually re- lying. Yeah. So it's like opposite world. um i i i took it as he read it on the plane like he said and and he was just remembering specific things in the moment it was more of a production thing to show the flashes and stuff uh because they you know i you know they could have 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have to be convinced of what point they're making by having him lie and then read it anyway, because they, you know, they, they could have had this scene on the plane or something. They could have showed her sleeping and him on the plane, and then they would have showed these flashes, you know, right? As he, as he read it, but um, right. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I could see. I see it both ways. Um, but yeah, I took it at the end. I, I took it as like he he was actually surprised that he was enamored with the book, and he kind of had some self loathing for that, which was kind of fueling the anger mm-hmm. along with the fight they were having, and that's why he was kind of being weird and like sounding facetious. And but he right. but he loved it, you know. Because um, I would think he thinks it's riveting. <laughs> because <laughs> it is riveting mm-hmm. yeah 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 well like where does Mac come and up that, with this stuff I, is one of those lines where it's like you know it's like the writers uh, talking about themselves yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt is him. really you know <laughs> Matt is really yeah some one of the writers uh, yeah and also took him saying I love it as like a kind of reversal to her saying, oh, I think you like it, you know, and it's kind of, like, surprising that he would be like, yeah, you're right, I do. Mm-hmm. Because this whole time we think he, does, he doesn't like the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, I don't know, I saying. guess we'll see, uh, <laughs> we'll get yeah, more evidence I mean, we'll later. if, if uh... the book even comes up again, um, mm-hmm. which I think is up for, you know, up for debate at this point, but, um, yeah. Yeah. uh, because, you know, by Lost Rules, uh, when you burn it, that means it's, you're done with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it got totally burned on screen. So, uh, seems to me like you know the book has served its purpose. The fact that it exists is really all that has mattered about it so far. I mean, I guess like the Grace thing, you know, she got that page mm-hmm. where the specific content mattered. But um, I feel like it's 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 functionally like done what it needed to do, and the story can proceed from there. Um, it doesn't necessarily need the book to come at come back in, and you know. Yeah. So we still do have the book that Kevin Singer threw away in the trash. Um, right. It was raining. Obviously, it would have gotten damaged. How damaged it got? Maybe some pages survived if somebody found it or not. I think it you know, maybe that comes back. Maybe, maybe, you know, now that Kevin senior is roped in with grace and, and Kevin jr. Uh, he'll find use. I don't know. Maybe grace is like, I want to read the rest of the book. And he's like, well, I threw one away or something, but I agree. I think with lost rules, it's done, but there is that, there is that kind of lingering issue of that book still being out there. And then, um, possibly Michael has a digital copy, um, right. which is interesting, but um, yeah, it could be they burned it so they have to go with one of the backups, you know, and it's just kind of a, a red herring and they're going to pull the wool over our eyes and then we'll be like, oh no, the book is back, but he burned it, but I, I, I'm going to stake my flag and say the book is done, because honestly, I'm done. I don't care about the book. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with we're done with the book. The book is just seasons one and two. I mean, it's, you know, we've seen it. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> well, he's going to have to write a new gospel too, right? Like every year, Matt has to sit down and go, well, now what happened with Kevin this year? Yeah, well, presumably he added the stuff that happened um, 
you know, at the beginning of season three, that whole, like, weird, like, baptism thing and all that. Um, mm. I think he mentioned that or um, in the first episode. Uh, but, yeah, I guess the question will be, like, when we catch back up with, with that crew, with Matt especially, uh, you know, once he finds out that Kevin's in Australia, um, you know, is he gonna, is he gonna, like, try to, you know... I don't know, follow him there and, uh, you know, find out what's happening to him so he can add it to the book. So Matt says, um, uh, I haven't put your baptism in yet, but it's pretty much up to date. Oh, okay. So it hadn't got that far yet. There you um, go. But, uh, well, unfortunately, I know I, I was actually spoiled a little bit. I saw a little preview for the next episode. So I know the answer to your question. <laughs> Um, I think you can guess what the answer is. <laughs> uh, uh, just based on this episode, I think I think it's get out. Yeah, I don't want to say too much, but um, there's your answer. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Um, and uh, yeah, what else was I going to say? Um, but I, but I, I do, I do want to uh, agree that like. I, I'm not saying they won't ever reference it again, um, but I just I just don't think I don't think the book is that important. <laughs> yeah, the book is like a um, a side effect of what's been happening. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. it's a, it's a way to describe how people are reacting to the situation, uh, and it's not like a roadmap for what to do next or like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really... I mean, I just... I don't want to show where there's the United Church of Kevin, you know, uh, <laughs> by the end of it, where, like, right. somehow it gets out or people find it or whatever and or it goes online and people start, you know, worshiping Kevin or something weird mm -hmm. like that. I don't, I don't think I want that show. Um, so it'd be great to me if it was done with... Um, but, you know, again, it's... Um, Matt could rewrite that any time. I mean, you know, um, with, you know, and it would mostly be the same. I'm sure some creative flourishes might be lost, but, um, <laughs> you know. That's a good I'm point. Sure, I'm sure he remembers, like, the important parts of... Uh, yeah, yeah, story. it's not like any of that stuff was... I mean, since they're just narrating things that exactly. happened... Yeah, it's not a. It's not like, oh man, the inspiration. Yeah, like you said, the wording might be different, but they can easily rewrite it. So, yeah, it's not. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, that's why burning it is kind of like seems like it's more symbolic than anything because if yeah. they could redo it, then it. I think that means the show is just trying to tell us we're done with it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's how it seems to me. Um, okay. Good, we agree. We can continue podcasting together. <laughs> so, do you want to go, do you want to go Kevin first or Nora first? I guess, you know, the, the show actually, the episode actually cuts between them, but I'm just gonna separate the two stories. Um, so which one do you want to do first? Um, we can't just alternate scenes? Uh. Is it too hard? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have, I don't have it broken down scene by scene. So, uh, I know it's uh, cutting back and forth between these storylines, but I, I couldn't tell you exactly where the cuts are. 
uh, without like going back and watching it again. So, um, uh, yeah, let's do. I would say let's do Nora's story. Um, okay. But but we we kind of we kind of skipped over some stuff. Uh, I mean, do we want to talk about Evie on Good Day Melbourne? Oh, I was leaving that for because uh, I know like so Nora leaves because she the phone rings and. Mm-hmm. She has to go uh, get on a bus to, to go off to the Death Ray cult. And uh, she leaves Kevin there and he's alone in the room. And we kind of stay with him. So his story starts there. Uh, oh, so I was going to, I was going to, you know, whenever it was time to do Kevin's story, I was going to start there. Perfect. Let's do it. So, um, so yeah, stuff happens to Kevin before this Nora story. But we'll just, we'll just talk about, we'll just pretend like we followed Nora as she goes to get on the bus um, to go see the death ray cult. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, um, uh, she's waiting for the bus and like this woman comes up and asks her to hold her baby so she can go do a job interview. Um, she agrees to hold the baby, but then the bus comes. So she has to run, give the baby back and then run back and catch the bus. So that's mm-hmm. a weird little interlude. Um, she gets there to, uh, I guess it's a kind of abandoned warehouse. Um, there's a couple of... A little known uh, sister store to men's warehouse. Yeah. Abandoned warehouse. <laughs> good deals there. Uh, so she, she goes in and finds these two women playing Name That Tune, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um there's a piano in there. I don't know why the fuck there's a piano in there. For ambiance. Yeah, I mean, it's just like moving a piano is, yeah. especially one like that, is a huge pain in the ass. And for like, so we can play name that tune in between. I mean, mm-hmm. just really? I just, it's weird to me that there's a piano there. Um, I don't get it. Anyway, I mean, how about like rock, paper, scissors or you know, hangman or something like, yeah. I mean, you could assume that, uh, they, they meet people here all the time. So they're, they're here, you know, but, and they want to entertain themselves while they're waiting, but yeah, moving a whole piano. Um, yeah. And I, I had the impression from episode two that they, that they move around. Cause like, you know, they're sort of, they've gone rogue. Um, and they're kind of like evading authorities and stuff like that. And so I, I guess I assume they're in Australia now, but they're not necessarily, they haven't always been there. Yeah. That's and they're fair. not necessarily going to stay there. So I don't know. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. I retract my statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a one time use piano. And I don't know why it's there. Okay. Good. All right. As long as we're both confused, then, then I'm happy. Um, okay. It didn't bother me. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. By the thanks. way, Aha's Take On Me is one of my favorite 80s songs, so I was very happy. Oh, yeah, happy. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's heavily featured in this episode. I'm surprised they didn't make it the credits music. Yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, that was interesting, too. And by the way, I, I did like their the title sequence music. Uh, I like that song. I was like, what's this? And I'm like, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the fact that it didn't feel like a jokey one. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the, the first one, the Perfect Strangerism being a jokey one, like, makes sense. But then in the second episode, it's this, like, cheesy, personal Jesus, 
loungy cover yeah. and it's like i was like i uh, you know is it gonna be like jokey title sequences all season like i don't know that's that gets old to me um especially for a show that's not really a comedy um yeah i i thought the i thought perfect strangers worked especially because uh the lyrics kind of fit a little bit um yeah but uh but yeah i totally agree this the, the the second episode the jokey one was like what why it didn't fit with the title with the with the images in the title sequence because uh, it's all about people losing people but yeah like, yeah you know and it made it weird that as you say that it reminds me uh actually we're gonna get there in this story so i might as well um i might as well just finish the story here um, so they, they ask Nora to, uh, undergo like a physical examination, hand her off to this doctor, uh, or I don't know, some kind of medical professional or semi-professional. Anyway, uh, so he like does some whatever stuff. We don't really see all the details, but, uh, eventually he, um, put some, some kind of sensors or something on her and, and asked her to uh, confine herself in a, like a crate uh, to simulate the isolation, I guess, um, that will happen when she enters the death ray mm-hmm. um, machine. Um, and so, uh, so she gets in this little box uh, and then gets out, did fine, heart rate didn't go up, no problem. And now the uh, the two women who uh, greeted her at the beginning at the piano uh, are going to uh, question her. Um, so, uh, but uh, she also has questions for them. Um, Ooh, she asked okay. them, like, why didn't they use the machine to go through? And uh, let's see, the, the mean one. Um, <laughs> yep, the bad cop. <laughs> She's pretty much the bad cop, yeah. Uh, says she didn't like the odds. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so she, she's like, we know we're sending people the same place the departed went, the people, the people who departed went to, uh, but the odds are low that it's, that it's an environment where you can live, where there's food, breathable atmosphere, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, before I, before I, this is the thing I wanted to bring up, um, uh, I love that they're so sure, they're, you're gonna go to the same yeah. place as Departed, we just know uh-huh. that, period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, how could you possibly know that? I, I just feel like the science is so faulty, because all their readings are based on the aftermath of the event, and they have no idea what the readings would have been you know, during the event or right before the event, or if, if anything outside of earth matters, if the, if the orientation of the magnetic field matters, you know, there's so many variables to take into account because it's a global phenomenon. And you, you know, it just seems like you, a real scientist would never claim to be that sure, uh, (laughs) without, without, uh, having, some kind of uh, evidence, and and it, and that's the thing. They don't seem to have the evidence. Now they're saying that they're sure, so maybe yeah. that means they have evidence. But but it's not like, you know, from our perspective, there's any way they could actually have evidence of right. that that they're going to the exact same place, uh, because it could be a place that moves. 
You know, if right. they're going, say it's either going to a, another planet or something, but that planet is revolving and rotating. So right. it could be that if you didn't do it at the exact same time, that they're now they'll be stuck in space where before they went to a habitable planet. You right. Know? So that's the thing. It seems like weird that they're not taking into account those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't really buy it. But uh, what I wanted to say about the title sequence, like something that stood out for me in the title sequence after hearing this, like mm-hmm. basically this is the first time I got this idea that maybe the departed were just beamed into space somewhere, you know, yep. like I, I never even thought about yep. that as a possibility. You know what it reminded me of when she, when she said that, uh, lost, uh, <laughs> it's not the same thing, but it reminded me of the, um, the Pearl station, uh, tubes, uh, just getting transported to like some off faraway location, just existing by them. You know what I mean? Like right. just that kind of image yeah. of like a pile of something just existing and nobody right. kind of knows where it went. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be that everyone on the planet was transported 50 feet below their current location. <laughs> so they're all underground now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say uh, as far as like, yeah, I mean for all we know they were all like transported to the the the, the earth's core or something and so they instantly melted. Yeah. You know, like that's possible. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean the vector I feel like of this radiation might matter, you know, mm-hmm. that might that might be the direction you go. It just it's interesting that they're so sure, and I, I I can only chalk that up to the same type of faith and belief other characters display in other uh, for other aspects of the show, uh, and this is just a scientific version of this sort of belief that isn't necessarily accurate. Um, right. But I but I, I did enjoy the theory, uh, getting a theory from a character on the show that was new about where they went, and it was uh, and and that it could be such a horrible outcome is just 140 million corpses floating in space right right um and uh and she says several of their colleagues went um which is interesting and but when she when she asked why the nice the good cop scientist mm-hmm. <laughs> good cop scientist um didn't go she says everything i need is here which i did not think was a suitable answer to the question um uh it was a very strange way to answer that question um because i because i guess it means that you only want to go there if you need something there yeah I, I if anybody else had said this i it would have been fine to me but the fact that she's a scientist i thought i'm like well, what about your scientific curiosity in terms right. of like exploring the unknown yeah you know that that to me i thought would have overwritten this idea of like everything i need is here you know i'm like great that's fine all well good but but (laughs) why haven't you gone just because it's you know the science of it right yeah yeah yeah. which i think is a good point i mean they do say that whoever like invented the machine went through it i don't Um, believe it which yeah i mean (laughs) doesn't have to be true but they did say that (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So there's at least that idea of uh you know wanting wanting to find out since like I think that that's the only way you can find out what happens. Mm-hmm. Um you know when you go through the thing. I mean they think they know, but that's one way to know for sure. Um 
anyway, the thing I was going to say about the title sequence is uh, I noticed that, um, uh, you know, they, they, show, they show all these images, like still photographs of people, and like some of them are like silhouetted out. Um, but I noticed a lot of them are, they're specifically like filled in with like, uh, in a lot of cases it's stars. Um, in some cases it's like lightning and in some cases it's like clouds and sky, you know, but they, they're, they're always putting in like this kind of celestial stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, it stood out more when I thought about the idea that they all just got beamed into space somewhere. Because mm. um, I, I really hadn't even considered that possibility. Um, and I don't know that that's even what they were thinking when they did it. But uh, it did seem to line up pretty well with that theory. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple shots where it's like... It's like a lake. <laughs> They're like water. Oh, it's just a lake? Yeah, there's a couple shots where it's like it's water, and there's one where it looks like it's kind of like, uh, um, uh, yeah, it looks, I don't know, it looks like part of the lower body of this guy's trees and the top is clouds. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, your general point, I think, is interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and the title, too. Uh, yeah, the title is Stars. Has the kind of stars in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I... I mean, I don't think there's going to be, um, I don't think they're going to definitively tell us what happened to the departed. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that right now. I don't think we're, we might get what someone thinks happened, which we already have. We yeah. might get, uh, a subjective experience. Yeah. But that, that I don't think we're ever going to get a definitive answer about what happened. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, any any theory of the show that depends on, like, answering that question, I think is on the wrong track. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, even though, like, I, I get that they're hinting in that direction, but this is the Damon Lindelof game. <laughs> he loves this. <laughs> he loves yep. this. He, he will definitely happily get you to think in a certain direction having no intention of seriously following through with it. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's all about, it's all about what it means for the characters. It's about the journey. It's about the journey. Exactly. It's about your journey to that wrong answer. <laughs> Why did you think that? Cause of um, what I did. <laughs> that was your problem all along. Yep. You were listening to me. Mm hmm. She says Finland world won the World Cup. I was trying to see um, when that happened in terms of to get a sense of how long ago this doctor left. Oh, did it happen? Well, <laughs> I'm assuming it happened. I'm looking at the World Cup record. Yeah, I can't make heads or tails. Just a bunch of numbers here. Uh, it looks like. Here we go. Wait a minute. From what I'm seeing, if if it's FIFA World Cup, oh, it's it they've never be FIFA won. World Cup. Yeah, it looks I didn't like think they've they never won. won. Yeah, yeah. I assumed that was alternate universe stuff. 
Because I've never heard of Finland being a competitor in the World Cup. No offense. Yeah. I had neither, but I also don't follow the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so do you, I you heard think about it that... a lot when I was in Europe. They, they, oh, they made a fair. big deal about it. So you think... Do you think that was a joke, or you think in that world Finland won the World Cup? I I assumed in that world Finland did win the World Cup, but it could is be that, a joke. It's hard yeah, to say. Yeah, I feel like they don't usually do that. They don't usually make distinctions like that in in terms of being like, hey, don't forget, this is an alternate reality. I mean, yeah. An alternate world. Yeah, I agree. Thing they usually do. So I took it as like a. Like a kind of, like I said, a hint of how long this guy's been gone or something. But apparently, uh, they've never won. So, I don't know. It sounds to me now like she's just saying the guy doesn't even exist anymore. Because she's like, say, well, say hi to him and tell him, you know, they won the World Cup. It seems like she's being facetious. and like, Yeah, it could, say, it could be like, that, definitely. If you use the machine, you're going to die, which I don't think she thinks. Yeah. I don't know. It was confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. That was a weird one. Oh, um, yes. And tell him we said hello and that Finland won the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She's weird. She's very weird. So, uh, um, Nora asks what her deal is, and she's, she thinks uh, she thinks Nora's going to get... How do you say cold feet? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you say ice toes? See, I feel, like, ice? I feel like the problem with that is you don't start with, she thinks you get. You don't start that way. Uh, and then come up with a colloquial phrase. Because the whole phrase is get cold feet. Like, that's part of the phrase. You uh-huh. don't start with get. <laughs> it, what she should have said was, she thinks you, how do you say it? You get cold feet. Like, that's that's how she should have said that line. Because get, get is part of it. You don't start with get if you don't know the expression get cold feet. I also think getting cold feet <laughs> is something she should know. And I almost feel like she should have just... I don't know why she said how do, how do you say as if she wasn't sure what the phrase was. Yeah, it should have been more like she forgot what it was. Not that she had never heard of it or something weird. I don't know. Yeah, it came up weird to me, too, when she was like... How do you say cold feet? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was just supposed to be like they're not uh, native English speakers. They don't necessarily know because cold feet is like I mean that's like obviously not. It doesn't literally mean. But I feel like what if I feel like if you're I don't know I feel like they would have I don't know I guess it's proving my point. I just feel like she would have heard that enough just watching American movies or something. Or, <laughs> you know, like I you know yeah. not to be too american centric but i just felt like that was it was you know if there was another phrase or something i you know i would be like oh i get that you don't really hear that a lot but Mm -hmm. getting cold feet is a pretty god i feel like they have to have that phrase you know that phrase in the in the what are they dutch yeah i think they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. dutch yeah um that that's interesting i i'm gonna um I'm going to take a survey of the people I know who uh, don't speak English natively and oh, see, see if they know this phrase. Because uh, I'm not convinced it's that well known, but then I really have no perspective on that at all. <laughs> so, because uh, like, I mean, that, that totally, like, that basic thing can happen, like, in terms of like, what is that? 
what is that like weird expression that you have for this? You know, I can I can buy that. I just don't buy that she would cut it off at get, get get what get. What? I mean, I don't know. I just I feel like if you got to get. <laughs> But maybe that's where she forgot. She was like, oh, I know they get something. I just don't remember what they get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the idea. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Well, if uh, if you're Dutch and you're listening to this podcast, you can uh, send us an email at claudeandjustin at gmail.com and uh, let us know if you're familiar with the expression. Get to cold get feed. cold feed. I guess, I guess meaning... Um, to uh to what's a non colloquial way to say that to um uh to become too scared to do something yeah to to yeah right to 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 to, to <laughs> wow god why can't I express what that idea is I guess that's why there's an expression like that um, <laughs> um it does the work for you yeah because I was gonna say like chicken out you know and it's like well that's yeah. that's another one um. Uh, yeah, to, to, yeah, to not go through with something out of, out of fear or anxiety or something like that. I guess that's, I guess you had it. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it means. But cold feet, I mean, when you just say it, it's like, what? (laughs) But I guess expressions are like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I got cold feet and, you know. Sorry, but you can still, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> put some socks on. Put some socks on. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, how about some, you know, wool socks or something? I hear they're warm. I'm looking at the origin of to have cold feet. Of course I am. <laughs> uh, it used to mean at some point, possibly in the 17th century, to have cold feet meant to have no money. Uh, probably referring to someone being so poor as to lack shoes. Oh, um, and then that makes apparently sense. Apparently, at some point in the eighteen hundreds, it transitioned to become to mean timid. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, it might be found in the eighteen sixty two German novel in which a card player withdraws from a game, claiming he has cold feet, which means there no money. When in fact he has merely lost his nerve, so it's interesting how that connects oh. to the current meaning. Yeah, because uh, he had no money, therefore he backed out of what he's going to do. Right. Um, interesting. Well, uh, here's someone talking about the UK. Um, Uh, well, this guy is saying in the UK the expression is very familiar, but I, I can't quite tell if he's if he's saying literally or figuratively, if they just talk about their cold feet a lot, or <laughs> uh, or or if they're using it the way we're talking about it. Right. Oh no, he says the figurative use. Yep, yep. Okay. So the UK knows it. According to this one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Scientific fact. Um, anyway, it's interesting uh, to think about that that stuff. Um, wow, Finland didn't win the World Cup. I really don't like this lady now. <laughs> giving me, she's giving me mysteries that I do. I don't want. 
Yeah, know, because like I was thinking of that though. Like, did Lost really do that? I mean, obviously there was events that happened that didn't happen in our world. But no, I mean they had the the most comparable thing they had was the whole Red Sox winning the World Series, which that, did which did happen. Yeah, not when the show did it, right? Or well, did, no. Did, well, they. I think I think they made it consistent with when it happened in the real world. Oh, I see. Okay, so it actually did happen. Okay. If that makes sense, but it wasn't when it came on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, because, like, the first four seasons of Lost encompass, like, three months. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, by the time by the time we get to the, the Rad Sox thing, which was um, season three, uh, you know, it should be well past when it happened. Although I don't actually know when that happened, so. <laughs> <laughs> to the computer. Uh, yeah, let's just let's just verify that real quick and see. Looks like it happened again. Oops. Um, here we go. They won the, they won again? Yeah, they won again in 2013, yeah, I think. Like... Uh, but yeah, let's see. Yeah, they won 2004, so that was the correct one. Uh, okay. for, looks like they won again in 2007, which is a weird coincidence, um, because I think that's when season three was on. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think the one they meant was the 2004 one. Anyway, it would be accurate either way. Yeah. <laughs> great so stop <laughs> complaining uh so yeah no the, I, they didn't do like alternate in fact i think um ben even mentions uh your fellow americans re-elected george w bush like they specifically <laughs> say you know what i mean yeah yeah uh, so that, anyway yeah so that's what makes me think that that's weird if she's trying to give us details about an alternate world. But I think The weird. Leftovers is more of an alternate universe show than Lost was mm -hmm. because uh, the whole world is affected by the sudden departure, whereas like this island stuff is sure. stuff that most of the world doesn't know about. Yeah, you know. So even if it does affect the entire world in some sense, and so it is an alternate universe story in a sense, like it's not. It's not so all-encompassing as Leftovers is. So I feel like there's a little more room in Leftovers to, like, you know, I mean, they haven't said, like, who yep. the president is or anything like that, mm -hmm. but... Um, so, presumably, it's the same world up until the departure, and we're, we're living in different worlds because, you know, we both have the, the 1972 National Geographic. <laughs> uh, so I yeah, assume... Yeah, but that was before the departure. So I would assume before the departure, they're the same. Before the departure, it's the same world, yeah. Yeah, so if Finland won, it would have been after the departure. Mm -hmm. Which, if she's gonna if she's gonna tell this doctor that they won, then presumably it would be after he went through the death ray, which must have been after the departure. Yeah. So that would be my conclusion. They are definitely the same up to the departure. Mm, okay. Um, one of the things I quickly wanted to mention and that we haven't talked about yet is just the the promo for this this season with uh, the the image of. Uh, um, Kevin and Nora mm -hmm. in front of the, the wall, the cracked wall that had yeah. like, the angel wings on it. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to mention that Kevin being an angel, being a big, this you know, or, or you know, religious figure being uh, very prominent this uh, season. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of put that together. And uh, I'll just point out that angel, I believe pretty much just means messenger. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, they might go somewhere with that. I know, um, 
uh, that little bit of trivia they had about, um, like, Isaac was actually 30 or something when Abraham uh-huh. killed him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just kind of ridiculous. Uh, that's not the way it's normally portrayed. Um, uh, that that came from Reza Aslan. Um, I I could imagine. Uh, I I could imagine that you know he would throw in something like that about the angel, like the the origin of the word, um, and uh, maybe Kevin is a messenger. Um, so sorry, so you were, so what did Reza Aslan do? Oh, uh, there was, uh, there was this detail about, um, um, about, uh, you know, the Abraham and Isaac story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, I believe it's from the last episode. Uh, I think it's Matt, uh, talking to Kevin Sr. I, I think that's when that happened. Um, uh, just the idea that when he did it, uh, Isaac was like 30 something. Yeah. Which is not the way it's usually portrayed. So I, I'm just trying to figure out what are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying Reza Aslan did? Oh, he, he told them about that. Oh, you're saying he gave them that detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that from an interview that Damon Lindelof gave somewhere. Okay. Um, okay. I, I yeah. I can tell what you're saying exactly. Yeah. 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 He he threw in that detail about Abraham and Isaac. Nice. Yeah. You know, there's people who think um, that Kevin Senior is going to try to kill Kevin Junior, and that uh, that 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 specific detail that that uh, the son was an adult male <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is what people are tying together with that. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, and your thing about the the um, angel being a messenger is interesting too. Um, I saw on Reddit somebody was theorizing this kind of duality uh, with with Kevin and Nora, and like so if if like um, if Kevin is like this angel, then then Nora is like uh, not. Not Asriel, but uh, or maybe it is. Ooh, one. but like the uh, whatever the Wasn't the that angel the of death from is. Season two? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting confused because there's there's the Zazel and then there's Asriel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, They're totally different. They are, and and I think Asriel is, as I'm looking it up, uh, is the angel of death. So that's the one Nora could be if going with the angel thing. I think right. Azazel is just like a demon or something. Okay. Um, yeah, something like that. But anyway, thought that was interesting. They are kind of both in front of those wings. Um, but, um, and I was trying to think about Nora being an angel of death, you know, like what does that really mean? Or, you know, sort of metaphorically, or, or, or you know, her family did disappear, she didn't kill them. There's something there, right. Um, right. you know. But anyway, something to keep in mind. Um, but I thought that the the imagery there with the angel thing is interesting. That they're kind of telling us to think about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, uh, where are we? So you right. Uh, I was just gonna finish up this bit here. So the last thing is. Um, 
uh, now the uh, the uh, the scientists want to question Nora. They're just going to ask her one question. Oh, Nora's no. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nora's like, uh, oh, you just want to know like uh, why why Kevin's here, right? <laughs> and they're like, whatever. We don't care. We know he's here. It's yeah. no big deal. Um, so conspiracy theory, I start to wonder, maybe it is a deal. Um, maybe what? Maybe it is a deal. I don't think it is, but maybe What's it is. What's the deal? Uh, that Kevin's there. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe that influences their final decision. I'm just going to yeah. throw it out there. I, I can't. No, I can't. It can't? No. I'm not going to say why. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> other people were saying, you know, she got disqualified based on what she said in the answer, but she passed the test up until this point. You know, if, if Kevin was a problem, it should have been already a problem. Why did they go make her go through all this if it was a problem to start with? And the same, I think, um, uh, with, uh, oh, that, I'm sorry. What people were saying was that she was disqualified because she might be pregnant. Like that's mm-hmm. what the blood test showed, mm-hmm. and it's like, but if, but they already know that, so why would they disqualify her after this question if they are, if the disqualification had already happened? So right. anyway, that's what I was thinking. I don't think it's Kevin that's the deal because they knew they they would have known that already in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It would be pointless to go through all this. Um, okay, so finally we get the question, which is, uh, so it's like, okay. If there's two twins, as usual, mm-hmm. um, I think that's what twins means. Uh, there's two twins. One of the twins is going to grow up to cure cancer, but only if the other one dies. And all she has to do is nod her head and the baby will be quickly and painlessly killed or will die, you know, somehow. Um so basically, uh, do you do it? Do you nod your head? Do you let the baby die to cure cancer or not? That's the question. Um, and uh, she wants to know if it's hers, and it's okay. It's not yours. Fine, fine, fine. Let's get this. Let's mm-hmm. get this over with. Uh, so she's like, "Hey, kids die every day. Sure, sure. You got to nod." And they're like, "All right, you failed." Yeah. <laughs> they leave, and they don't take her money. So that's it. Um, that's pretty much the end of Nora's plot, uh, mm-hmm. all alone in this episode. Yeah, so little things like, you know, she, uh, she tells them that, uh, that she thinks it was a test, the baby at the bus stop was a test. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, she throws that out as a theory, and they're like, we don't know what you're talking about, and she's like, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, right. Sure you don't, yeah. And it's, and it's like, stuff like that's weird for me, because I don't know what we're supposed to think. It seems like it could be that she's totally wrong or mm-hmm. she's right. <laughs> I think she's wrong because she has a theory that she believes. Um, okay. I think if, yeah, she thinks it was a test, so I think it's not a test. I think it was a random occurrence. Um, and I think, you know, it was a coincidence. And um, Because, you know, she didn't think it was a test before this baby question. So, you know... Um, Another, you know, once the coincidence happened is what made her think it was a test. You know? so right, that's, right. That's, that's not evidence. I, I guess it's just like in a normal scene like this, I feel like it's clear what you're supposed to think. And usually, 
you're supposed to believe that yes, that was the plan, and they're just not mm-hmm. acknowledging it. Yeah, you know. But it was a very it was a very flat denial. It didn't it didn't seem like there was any insinuation that we're denying this, but you know, secretly we're kind of winking that yeah, that was a test. So I I, I agree that it's not, but I, I thought it was weird that they played it that way. I mean, I guess, like, the point is Nora's not going to believe them no matter what they say. You know, unless they confirm what she's Yeah, thinking. I mean, they said, yeah, she'd believe them. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. I mean, there's a lot of threes on the show. Uh, there's an interesting Reddit thread uh, that, that kind of catalogs all the threes that have happened. Uh, some of them are fairly compelling. I have forgotten all of them. Don't ask me. Um, but I thought it was interesting to look for three tests, right? Because I'm like, well, why would they need a second test with the baby if they're going to have the main test be the the twins question and so i'm like well okay they did test her medically so that's a test right so now they have two tests so then if you throw in the baby at the bus stop that's a third Third test um yeah why would they deny it is interesting um right um i personally don't think it had anything to do with those people i think uh i think it was just a coincidence and the, the whole scene, I meant to mention that before when we were talking about it, um, that whole scene just played strangely, right? Like, and I guess that's why, I guess that's how it would, would normally play out and make sense, right? Like, the scene plays out really weird where she has the baby and she kind of makes the sacrifice, but then the bus comes immediately, and so she actually can't, she doesn't decide to miss the bus. Which right. she doesn't, which is what I thought she was going to do. I thought she was going to take too. the baby with her. Me too. Like, yeah, yeah, go, like, I thought the, the baby. baby was coming, and it was going to be this crazy thing where she's, like, hauling around somebody's baby. Yeah. So it wasn't It wasn't that. It was just this weird kind of, like, let's ditch the premise and have her go and give the baby back to the lady and ruin her interview and then just yeah. run towards the bus and make the bus. Yeah. I thought she was going to miss the bus. She didn't miss the bus. So it was kind of for nothing. And so, you, so yeah. normally, yeah, this scene at the end... They, she'd be like, oh, that was a test. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, that was a test. That's why it played so strangely. But it right. wasn't. But, I mean, she said it wasn't. So, right. um, and yeah, why I don't... deny it if, it if it was? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to reject her anyway. Like, why, what's the point in keeping that a secret? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, just, it's weird. It's very weird. I, I called it an interlude because it, it definitely seemed like a thing that served no purpose. And um, I thought the guy at the bus stop was weird too. He was super chatty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so maybe he and the uh, and the the baby mama was in on it if it was a test. Right, right. Um, yeah, there, I feel like there's there's got to be something to that. I'm gonna apply the logic that I did with um, uh, uh, with the guy who burned himself alive. Uh, mm-hmm. That like when it's a scene that doesn't really have any clear function um i'm gonna assume there's something to that it's it's weird i mean maybe maybe it's just a weird interlude the problem with that logic is there's no obvious next beat for it or a previous beat you know with that guy it was clear that something before happened something came before that because he talked about it with the baby lady it's not clear there's anything relevant that happened before that that's true you know, that's the only problem. But, you know, I, I think it's a good rule to have to keep in mind and uh, and to think about, like, what else could they have done or what what's the next part of that? Which to me might be reveal that, you know, it was a test or whatever. Or, right. Or maybe like maybe they those scientists weren't in on it. And maybe some other people who 
are trying to stop That's the what scientists. I was thinking, maybe another group or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe there's another group who who are trying to get people not to go do the machine thing, and so they yeah. were like, let's let's get her a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like that'll make her not get on the bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she know? won't be able to to not. Uh, even when she was asked, "Are you a mother?" I was like, "Oh, is she gonna say no?" Yeah. Because remember before when she was asked, well, I guess she was asked if she was traveling with kids, not if she had right. kids. She, she was asked if she had kids at some point. Of course, the whole fucking life is about her having kids. <laughs> but, but I can't remember. <laughs> I think they've mentioned her kids before think, in this show. I think, I'm, I'm going to disagree. We can just agree oh, to geez. disagree. Yeah, well, I've got no proof to back up my claim. So. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so this scene, okay, so, 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 I mean, the car thing clearly paid off because this is the, this is the next thing referencing the, what that guy was talking about, because, you know, he says, he says, they didn't take me. That's the first thing. And then he says, what if you had to kill a baby to cure cancer, which is like a distillation of what they say here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Kevin senior says, no. I wouldn't kill the baby. And he says, that's what I said, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then here in this episode, uh, Nor gets the same question. She says, yes, she gets rejected. (laughs) So this is such a Damon Lindelof thing where it's like, is it A or B? Guess what? It's It's C. (laughs) Yeah, C, neither. (laughs) So, I, I mean, it raises a question of, like, what you're supposed to do. Like, what is the thing that you say that will get you accepted here. Cause it does seem like this is the moment where she gets rejected. So my theory about this question, about what, what you should answer for this question. Well, I get, okay. What is the question asking? Really? Um, I think the question is trying to get at what is the person's attachment or what, what are their attachments and where do they lie? Um, and I think both answers to the question belies an attachment to either the present or the future and particularly of this world. Right. So if you, if you want to kill the the one twin so that the future twin becomes, or the other twin grows up and in the future cures cancer, then you care about people getting cancer cured in this world and all that. And if you won't do it, then you care about this the lives of these babies in this world um and it's interesting so nora's answer basically is like i don't care about the babies but i do care about the future curing cancer um but i think the answer to the test would be something that is basically a c it's a neither it's um i don't care (laughs) Because what I'm focused on is the, you know, the departed world. I'm focused on, what, you know, kind of what the, the scientist says. Like, everything I need is here. I think she wants to hear the opposite to that answer. You know, I think she wants to hear, like, I don't care which babies. I don't care about curing cancer. I care about going to this other place where my kids are. Mm-hmm. So I think that's sort of the answer. And, I, you know, obviously that's the choice that no one has, one has said yet. <laughs> It's kind of easy to say that the right, answer. right, right. It's clearly uh, right. something. It's not. It's not yes or no. Yeah, it's clearly not about. And, and I also don't think it's necessarily about her uh, or the the 
the question is um, ver- the veracity of their answer. Like, okay, she might have said, yes, she killed the baby, but she doesn't really believe it. And somehow the scientists could tell that. Mm-hmm. I don't really like that. I don't really want to go down that road of presupposing her presuppositions. <laughs> and, like, how is she yeah. an expert on body language or something? Like, how does she really yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get into that. Um, so I'm going to say she takes answers at face value. Um, but what's interesting is she seems to have suggested, or they said that Mark Lynn Baker went through, so yeah. he answered correctly. Right. Um, and I think we could plausibly put together a rationale that he doesn't care for this world. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of would make sense because, you know, when he left, he kind of whatever family he had, he left them to, to go pretend he was departed. Yeah. 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 Um, so so I think I think that kind of makes sense. Um, but what's strange is even if you are only focused on the departed world, the question at face value seems like it's a yes or no answer or whatever. And so you seem like you would just answer that just to answer the question yeah, because it's right. kind of a question you know because it's not giving you all the possibilities right you know it didn't say what would you do it said would you kill the baby right you know <clears throat> right and it's interesting too just as a side note that the baby only cures cancer if one of the twin if the other twin dies it's such an interesting like you know connected event there yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strange that it's twins. That was an extra thing that wasn't in the original version of it. Um, uh, but yeah, my my other question is like, why do they, why do they care? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's a great question. Why not just take the money? Clearly, they don't care about the money. Um, I'm not even sure what the money is for. Besides, probably operation costs, like them having to travel the world or wherever and use the machine and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think to me, if, if it matters your state of mind in your relationship to the departed world, um, then perhaps the machine somehow, uh, you know, this doesn't really make sense in my head, but like works better. (laughs) if you really want to go uh, versus if you don't want to go. But, but I don't know how they would know that, you know, it's not like, Oh, yeah. we had somebody who we forced right. to go and zapped them and they didn't go to that place. And then we had <laughs> yeah. somebody who really wanted to go and we zapped them and they went there. They don't know what they, they are, they're equally unsure about what happens to anyone that goes through the thing. So it could be, it could be, um, a sort of, um, a morality issue, like almost, almost a, maybe a euthanasia type thing where they, they feel, um, uneasy with allowing someone to, to kind of quit this life and go to the, another or right. something sort of a yeah. thing if they still harbor any attachments to it. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but the question is really, why won't they just tell her why? <laughs> right. You know, regardless of why she fails, why won't they just tell her, well, you failed because you're a bad person or you failed because yeah. you're still attached to this world or you failed because we don't believe that you really would do this, you know? Um, yeah, and, and yeah, it, yeah. It, why does it that need to be been a mystery? It, it could have been both of those things together, like her, 
her um, belying her attachments to this world means that, um, you know, she's not ready. She's not, she wouldn't, she would have cold feet, basically, you know. Right. Or get cold feet. (laughs) Exactly. What do you think? Who, me? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, stuff like that is, is, it's too, it's too open-ended. I mean, I I think your theory is pretty solid. Um, But, you know, I feel like we don't know anything about these people. So. Well, they love playing piano in warehouses. (laughs) That's not gonna, that's not enough. That didn't help? No. Crap, it's all like that. No, I feel like if I knew more about their ideology or what they cared about or whatever it would be easier to come up with a theory um but i think in the absence of that you know what you're saying makes sense but i i don't have anything better to you know uh it sounds to me like you want an episode where uh these scientists have a book club meeting and (laughs) Someone somewhere burned some muffins, uh, uh, and yep. uh, uh, they're reading a Stephen King novel. Yep. Uh, perhaps a plane explodes over their head. I'm mm-hmm. just riffing. Uh, I'm not sure where I get this from. Yeah, where do you get these crazy ideas? <laughs> get these great from Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Matt. Yeah, he's You're crazy. a good writer. Is. Yeah, maybe Matt is Gary Troop. <laughs> <laughs> maybe after oh the leftover God. stories ending, like oh you know, if he if he ends up in Australia, maybe. Oh man, that'd be crazy. Oh my God, dude, what if that's the end of the show? Is they go to the airport and it's like now boarding Oceanic eight fifteen, <laughs> and they basically say like. God. The characters were like red shirts on Lost the whole time and just like <laughs> died in the background. <laughs> and like Matt was Gary Troop because he had like the wrong luggage or something. So they right. thought he, his name was Gary Troop, but he was right. there, I don't know, something weird. <laughs> that would be such a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh, oh, well, man. I guess we better go home. Here, let's catch this flight, A15. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Those are always been my lucky numbers. <laughs> oh man, I want that to happen now. If if it doesn't happen, I'm disappointed. Oh no! Now I'm disappointed if it's not going to happen. <laughs> Setting yourself up for disappointment. I know. I like it that way. <laughs> I'm Many like Nora. Do. I just want to have people pity me. Um, <laughs> all right. So what are we talking about? Um, Anything else with uh, this question, um, the twin question? Yeah, I feel unqualified. So I guess here, I guess my real question for this is, uh, are we done? You know, with? how much more Death Ray cult are we going to get? Yeah. Because, um... you know, with only four episodes left, it seems like, we could get, I mean, at the most, I feel like we'll get a little more. I mean, I can't imagine there being a ton more with these people. You know, I, I kind of want them to tie it to something we we're already looking at, and I kind of wanted to tie it to the explosion that we hear referenced at the end ah, of the episode. That is a weird, oh, that, oh. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So perhaps the machine exploded. Perhaps uh, they tried to use it. Ah. Uh, which to me, I kind of, I kind of wish they had said like Mark Paul. I'm uh, Mark Paul Gosler. Mark Lynn <laughs> Baker. <laughs> yeah, Zach showed up. Say by the bell. Um, all your favorite '90s stars are going to the Departed World one at a time. I kind of wish they had said like. Like, if they're going to tie the machine to the explosion, I kind of wish they had said Mark Lynn Baker is going to going to use the machine soon or right, something. Right. And then they'll write, then they'll later say, oh, he's he died in that explosion, you know, right. with the machine. Oh, but, um, so tragic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I, I think I want to stake a claim in that um, and say I think that's what the explosion the is. Machine. It's connected to the machine. Okay. It would, it would make sense in terms of, like, ending the machine story if it blows up yeah 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 uh Definitely. it's kind of like burning the book you know right, exactly or exploding the hatch yeah um and uh so yeah so that's that's what i'm thinking so if, if the machine comes back i think it might be just destroyed i would love to see a scene where we see what the machine is and we get like someone to explain it i, I it's almost like um uh, and even even the test Carrie was uh, I keep calling her Carrie now. It's so weird. <laughs> I saw an interview with Carrie Coon today, and now I just want to call her Carrie all the time. Um, Nora, um, uh, her her being her being uh, the getting the medical is it, test. Is it Carrie from Homeland too? Yeah, I thought about that too. Yeah, maybe I'm used to saying Carrie in terms of a TV character. You know, yeah, yeah. Carrie. What the fuck did you do, Carrie? You're jeopardizing the mission, Carrie. <laughs> My Saul Barons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but I was going to say, so the scene uh, where, where Nora is getting the, the physical examination and stuff, it reminded mm -hmm. me of Dogen. It reminded me of Dogen doing yep. the test on Saeed. I was thinking the same thing. It's like, yeah. are you a good person or a bad person yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to say... I haven't had. I I was so anxious when he said, "Hey, girl, you need to get in this box." Mm -hmm. I was filled with so much anxiety. I was literally like, my arms were like in the air, like flailing. <laughs> I was like, "Don't get in that!" Oh my god, you cannot get in that because, like, I was I, I was already uncomfortable with the whole setup here. Yeah, was I weird. was uncomfortable that that she was, you know, she was asked to get undressed in front of this strange man. Yeah, and and they yeah. were gonna just leave them alone together, and yeah. we have no verification he's a real doctor yeah. or not. Like, yeah, he's a real doctor, but he can't practice medicine because he's a serial killer. Right, right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he keeps women in boxes. You know. Yeah. And I was just, I was so, I mean, literally, have not had this much anxiety in a, about a, about like one moment in a scene in like a like probably forever. I don't know. Or something I lost, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and I'm just like, don't get, it. oh my god, don't get, it. and I'm like, can I even watch this scene? <laughs> it's so I'm filled with so much tension because I'm like, once you get in the box, it's over. You have no control anymore. You have absolutely no control over what's happening here, and you barely have any control now. He said she can you know? get out whatever she wants. What are you That's what he about? said. That's what you would say if you want to get somebody in a box, though. <laughs> you would tell them, like, oh, listen, I'm gonna, like, I'm going to close the lid, but you can get it out whenever you want. I mean, all he has to do is flip a latch, and then she can never get out, you know? That's that's what I was thinking. And I, and then when she – so I was in oh, this roller coaster of emotions in that little second – and then she gets in the box, and then I'm thinking, 
And then when she got out of the box, I thought, oh, man, what if they zapped her with the radiation and they sent her to the place already and now she's back or something? You know, the machine is the box, <laughs> you know, oh. like it, it's somehow in there wow. or like somehow like, you know, there's hidden uh, machinery around the box and the box is really the vehicle that you take or something weird. Right, right. Yeah, I thought a lot of things in that scene that turned out to be <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's an intense box uh, experience. It was a lot. It was a lot. I was just like, don't get in that. There's no way you should get in this box. I mean, like, seriously, people, if you're ever, to our audience listening, if you're ever in an abandoned warehouse with a single grand piano in it, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. a strange man tells you to get in a box, I don't care where the machine will take you. Don't get in the box. I'm just going to say don't get in the box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it definitely seems like a bad idea. It would definitely creep me out if I was actually there. But uh, for some reason, I wasn't worried. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just I, I just didn't think... I, I guess, like, the worst I was worried about is what he said, which is that they would steal the money. But um, but since he said you can take it in with you, I was like, nah, it's it's probably that's probably not going to happen. See, to me, he's saying all the things you say when you want to get somebody's trust, which, of course, <laughs> that's what he's doing. But you do those things if you're going to misuse yeah. that trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get I get what you're saying. I just I guess I bought into it. Um, and uh, apparently nothing nefarious happened. Yeah. And she's like, no, I trust you. I'm like, you trust them you don't even trust kevin yeah i don't know why she trusted him i wouldn't have no. i just take your money in there it's fine whatever <laughs> but uh yeah ugh, crazy um okay so anything else on this part i think i'm i think i'm done with that part um ready to move yeah, the on the baby the baby test is very very and interesting that it's twins like you said mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know if that's like a pointless detail that doesn't really matter or if there's some significance to that. Um, you know, since the guy the guy burned himself didn't um you know, he didn't phrase it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know, and obviously twins, you know, twins are a thing <laughs> yeah. on certain shows. <laughs> Bad ones. Good ones. Good ones, bad ones. You know. Yeah, yeah. The twins, yeah, there's duality there. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do you do with twins? Yeah, and I think there's an idea that they, you know, have sort of in this scenario some kind of uh, more or less equal destiny or something. Right. Uh, versus two random people, babies, right. you know. They know each other. They're twins, I guess. You right. would assume that they're, you know, they would be siblings. Because I, I guess there's an underlying assumption that, that like the death of his brother, his or her brother, is what propels the living twin to cure cancer or something. Like, right. like that trauma is is useful, or because it's necessary, you know. Otherwise, if the if the baby if the sibling does live, then the the other sibling won't do that. So it seems right. like. It's the fact that the baby died that contributes to that, which is interesting. Right, right. Now, I didn't assume that was necessarily true, because, like, 
I was taking it more as just a hypothetical scenario, but then what's the point of phrasing it that way? Why not just say, um, you have to kill a baby to cure cancer and you don't specify how, you know what I mean? Like specifically like there's two babies and you got to kill the one baby. So the other baby, you know, it's like, then it, then it seems like it's what you're saying. Like somehow that's, that's what causes the, the other one to figure out how to cure cancer because of the, yeah. the loss of their, their, their sibling when they were yeah, you know, this, a like, baby. Yeah, this like part of you, and again, them being twins and not just siblings, but like right. part of you being missing the whole right. time, which look at the title sequence, that's what it's all about. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, and it's I do think... It's going to be left uh, over. <laughs> the, the idea of of uh the loss or grief leading somebody to do something else in their life because of that seems like a very uh appropriate comparison to the departure scenario true you know so it's kind of questioning um almost questioning the validity of someone's experience you know uh so for instance if well i guess you could rephrase it and say um would you uh, let the departure happen if, uh, if because of the departure and somebody therefore losing somebody, something great happens. You know, this person cures cancer. So it seems like it's it's almost kind of a question like that. Like, how do you uh, value grief and loss uh, as it relates to? Um, you know, success or, or something positive that right. might come from that. Right. Yeah. Very deep question, these twin baby questions. Definitely. Definitely. Or we're looking too far into it. I don't know which one, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it seems like a variation on the classic thing, which is like, you know. Um, yeah, the railroad. Uh, the railroad thing. Yeah, exactly. You run over the one person to save however many more. Yeah, know? and that one's, like, obvious. That one's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, well, it I depends like that's on little... what your morality is, I guess. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, but it's a little more cut and dry about what you gain and what you lose. Um, you know, because I thought, you know, again, reading too much into it, I thought the, the idea of curing cancer... But what does that really mean? Does that mean everyone on the planet who has cancer no longer has cancer? Does that mean they created the vaccine in the lab? Does that mean it goes to market? Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. really know assume, like what that really what means. Um, as, you, yeah, you assume it means people will get the vaccine or the medicine. And well, yeah, I mean, I guess that would have been something Nor could ask. Like, mm-hmm. uh, will, will there be worldwide access to this? Um, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it won't just be like, you know, whatever, the rich or something who get their cancer cured. Yeah. Um, uh, I assumed we're supposed to assume that, but, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's an assumption. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a cure for cancer, but, you know, only, you know, 20 people in the world can afford it. So mm-hmm. what good is that, you know? Exactly. Um, all right, you ready to go to the next part? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna go back in time 
to uh, to Kevin in the uh, in the hotel room. Oh, we're Not the hotel back. room. It's a hotel room. Just for the record. And hotel room. And ho- thank you. I for an hotel room. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and hotel. And hotel. Uh, right. So uh, so he's there. Um, I guess he flips through the book at that point. I guess that that was the thing I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then uh, the TV. Uh, the TV comes on, and he, uh, it's good day, Melbourne, and uh, he can't shut it off, and he wants to he wants to shut it off. Uh, so he calls uh, he calls the front desk, and and the front desk is gonna like reset the TV. I guess they have to do it remotely. It's I mean it's not not a great system. The power's no in the wall, whatever that means. Yes. <laughs> It's like emitting power. Like, no wonder there's explosions. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, before the TV goes off, uh, he hears the story about two Kevins missing, and one is the, uh, you know, the other uh, chief, uh, police chief Kevin that Grace drowned, and uh, the other one is, uh, of course, Kevin Sr. Um, who I guess is uh, reported missing. So, hey, you know, nice, very relevant um, <laughs> little <laughs> news report. Um, uh, and then um, uh, I guess they switch over to another segment. And in the background, uh, Kevin sees, oh, shit, who's that? It looks like, it looks like Evie, it looks like Evangeline Evie Murphy. Evangeline Lily? <laughs> Who TV's you might Kate? remember from, yes, it's TV's Kate. <laughs> 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 she's, she's in Australia again. She just can't leave. Uh, you know, actually, uh, it's possible if they wanted to, if they wanted to go the other way and make like, uh, uh, instead of like tying this into loss, like tying loss into this, they could say like, because at the end of this series, uh, loss. Wait, am I about to spoil Lost? Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never considered spoiling Lost. Sorry, sorry. Um, I just it just hit me that this isn't the Lost slowdown, so maybe I shouldn't spoil the end of the series. Good point. Good point. Anyway, you, you might be listening to this podcast and you haven't seen Lost, which is which we probably ruined a lot of by now yeah i know i know i'm sure we dropped but but i was about to just literally talk about the end of the series so if you haven't seen lost and you enjoy the leftovers which if you don't enjoy the leftovers i don't know why you're listening to this but if you enjoy the leftovers and you haven't seen lost you should definitely watch it and be patient with it you know it takes a while to get going don't expect like the first three episodes or five episodes or whatever to be as good as leftovers it's 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 a longer I know, show man. I think the first 10 hours of the show is just blurry shots of the jungle. That's all I saw. Um, sorry, I'm referencing someone on Reddit I tried to say the exact same thing to. They were like, oh, I don't like Lost. And I'm like, and like I'm like, dude, like, because he was like, I saw the first 10 hours and it was all just, it was just blurry shots, handheld shots of the jungle or something like that. And I'm like, well, you know, the, 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 um, 
the last 110 hours of the show gets a lot better than the first 10 hours of the show. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, nope, not going to watch it. It's just like, <laughs> hey, this made this mine. Yikes. So anyway, yeah. don't be like that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick it out. I mean, you know, I, I, would, I, I think the whole thing's worth it, but I think you got to at least get, you got to at least get past season one mm-hmm. before you, you can. You haven't seen the show. I don't think you've seen the show unless you at least have seen till season two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, that yeah. early stuff, it's weird. I mean, when you go back, it's it, it, it was a different thing. I mean, I, I think all shows are like this to some extent. But, um, you know, since it was a network show and they, they had to produce, like, 22 or whatever episodes per season for the first three seasons, um, you know... Th- th- it, things take a longer time to kind of reach, uh, you know, really interesting points uh, in the plot. So you just have to like stick it out more. Whereas, like, you know, with the cable shows these days, 10 episode seasons, eight episode seasons, or whatever, there just isn't as much time for that to happen. So even if they're figuring it out, like, they get to the thing faster. And I, I think, you know, season one of Leftovers is like that. You watch 10 episodes of season one of Leftovers, that's the whole season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just not, anyway, it's a good show and it has a lot of stuff in common with Leftovers and, uh, you know, I think in, it's more ambitious. It's a bigger story. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're into this kind of thing, uh, I think you would enjoy it. I give so it a don't thumbs take up. Our word for it. And after you watch it, you should check out our podcast, The Lost Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you should check that out. It's a good one. We uh, thelostlowdown.com. Thelostlowdown.com. Yeah, we cover Lost in great depth. You can go back in the archives and see our original podcast when the show is airing, starting with season two, and then uh, we also have commentary series for after the show is over. Um, and we're mm-hmm. up to season four, uh, towards the end of season four at this point. With that, and we will be finishing that eventually. But we have a lot to podcast about right now, such as, for yeah. example, The Leftovers. <laughs> yeah, and if you're lucky, I was just going to say, if you're lucky, if you listen to Lost Lowdown, you might hear us talk about The Leftovers. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It will come up. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, especially because The Leftovers is ending. Mm-hmm. I think there's no way to not compare them. And, you know, David Lindelof has acknowledged that in a lot of interviews. Like, it's impossible to... <laughs> it's impossible to not compare them. Yeah. Um... And like, and you know, as he said, basically it's going to be like either, either Lindelof does it again or <laughs> Lindelof redeems himself. Uh huh. Yeah. Those are the two stories that are gonna that are gonna happen, and I think it's just going to be, you know, Lindelof does it again, but not necessarily in a bad way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to do himself again. I think you know it's ridiculous to think that it's going to be something completely off base from what they did in Lost. I don't think it will be. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um, Alright, sorry. So, back to Leftovers? Yeah, let's talk about Leftovers. So, he sees Evie on the TV. Holy shit. It's Evie fucking the TV. Evie. Evie's alive. Evie! So, he goes up to the TV and he's like, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh shit. Things are gonna get crazy if she could hear him. Yeah, it um, was... Uh, and the it, TV it, cuts off just in Yeah, time. it's that moment that you love because that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Like, uh, 
Uh, yeah. I mean, if she, if she responded, we're in a, we're in a horror movie, you know, like, yeah, it's a different world. If she's, if she's just communicating through TVs to him. Uh, but it, but it's such a great, uh, you know, I love those moments that of complete preposterity. I hope that's a word. And, uh, you know, and then exactly right before it cements in your head that this preposterous thing is happening, you're. It's your, it's you know, it's yanked away from you. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, this crazy thing happening. TV cuts off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 ruins the chance of that moment, which I think like, it's the kind of thing where you know, based on what happens later, even if she had talked to him through the screen, it wouldn't necessarily mean anything except that it was in his head. Yeah, and I almost think this is a this is a slight uh, suggestion that he's losing it. Yeah, like his his thinking that she could talk to him in hindsight is um, is crazy. It's totally crazy. So he immediately calls down to the desk, like, "Hey, can you turn the TV back on? You know what? I think I want to watch it now." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't work. So he's like, "All right, good day, Melbourne. Where are they filming? I'm going." So, uh, so he heads off to the... Uh, Can we the... pause here uh, before we get too far? Sure. Yeah, so... Okay, yeah, if we can pause and go back to... Uh, yeah, just the thing with when Kevin sees Evie. I was just curious about if you thought about, you know, this kind of cause and effect here, right? Like, he sees Evie right after he's flipped through his book. And if what you, if your contention is true that he hasn't read the book before that moment where he's flipping through it, it kind of it, it lends itself to this explanation, to, I think, uh, that, that this is kind of like adding to a psychotic break or something like that, you know? So did you, did you wonder anything about like this, this, this kind of moment here, like, you know, right before he sees Evie is when he's reading his book? Right, right, which right. Was, which was kind of the summation of... His crazy life the last couple years. Right. So the thing I noticed about the the flashes on the screen that they showed, you know, sort of implying that was the part from the book that he was looking at, mm-hmm. um, were all from season two. It was a hundred percent season two stuff, starting with Kevin waking up in the um, in the like little uh, pond. Um, yeah, it was John all... calling out for Evie. Uh, Patty, uh, you know, the hotel. It was all specific to that storyline of him and Patty uh, yeah. and the hotel. Yeah. And, uh, and I, so I thought that was interesting. It was, it was just, it was literally the beginning, like when he and Patty, yeah, the whole thing at the lake, the first miracle when the, yeah. the, uh, the, the lake drains. The water. Yeah. Yeah, and then it goes to like him singer in the wood when they have the big talk in the woods. Right, to him the conversation. Help yeah. to him drinking the poison to him singing his way out of the hotel. Right. Uh, so yeah, so that's an interesting section to to deal with, uh, and it's the probably the the biggest craziest section, uh, I think uh, that he's gone through. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it's I, I'm wondering if there's a connection there, if like that that just broke his brain. Or yeah. just susceptible yeah. to this anyway. So they they showed John calling out for Evie, and obviously the Evie is missing storyline was happening at the same time as all that stuff, and you know intersected with it in various ways. 
the handprint and, you know, uh, Michael, all that stuff. But, um, uh, Evie was definitely not the focus of the flashes we saw. Um, though it, though it was certainly the right time period. So I don't know. I didn't really make the connection. Uh, but I think it makes sense that, that it, that it would at least be, you know, putting him in that frame of mind, thinking about that time specifically like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. You know, um, uh, cause yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he would see her, especially because like something, something that really stood out to me rewatching season two, uh, you know, he didn't, I mean, he, okay. He saw what really happened with her. I guess that gave like a special, uh, you know, connection there or something. But, uh, because of the way things play out when Evie does her big thing, um, you know, on the bridge and stuff, he's not around for any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because, uh, he gets shot, you know, he's basically like on the floor bleeding through all that. And, you know, he briefly sees her in the visitor center when he's passing through and, you know, they start singing at him and he just like walks out. Um, but like, he didn't really, uh, he didn't really have a lot to do with Evie. You know, compared to some of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I mean, I, I, you know, not to say it didn't affect him at all, but it, it's just, I, I was surprised of all people, you know, that's who it would be. Well, and I think it, it, it's the explanation is what Laurie said. You know, Evie represents to him somebody who escaped their life, you know, for the better or not, I guess. But, but right. you know, she's the kind of symbol of that. And, and in that moment, maybe he wants to escape more than usual, you know, right. having just reread all that stuff, maybe. Or, um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know um, how he really feels about that stuff. But, uh, but it, I just thought it was interesting that it predicated uh, him seeing her. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, okay. So we go on from there. Yeah, did you want to talk about the Sarah eighty one thing real quick? Or, oh, uh, what? So what? What? What about that? Have I, you looked that up? Do you know what no, that is? No, I don't. Have so a clue. basically, it seems to be a passage from the Quran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I and um, and and someone on Reddit posted what it is. It's it's kind of I don't necessarily want to read the whole thing. It's kind of long. <laughs> But but what's interesting, uh, you know, I mentioned to you, and uh, if we have time, I, I might go through the um, notes I took from reading the official script for uh, International Assassin. Uh, you and I talked off podcast about some of the interesting things I found in there. Uh, but one of the interesting things, and it goes back to what we were talking bef- uh, about before with um, in International Assassin. When uh, when Kevin is talking to the hangman in the book, it's called the Bridge Man. Um, so that scene we were just talking about before, where little girl Patty's in the car and Kevin and Bridge Man are talking, uh, in the action of the action description in the script, it specifically states like, okay, we're not hearing what the conversation is, and then it says this interesting thing that it says sometimes uh, what Allah and Muhammad talk about 
on the mount is private or something like that. I'm getting the quote wrong, mm-hmm. but but it, it kind of references Allah and Muhammad. So it's interesting. This Surah 81 passage also mentions Allah and Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got on this thing. I, did, I haven't read the whole thing. I'm not sure if there's like anything to really glean from it. Um, I don't think there probably is anything deeper meaning there. Yeah, probably yeah, yeah. Thematic connection somehow. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's usually the way these things go. All the literary references in Lost, uh, not to bring up Lost again, but, you know, they they reference like a ton of books and you know, various things, and generally, you know, um, it, it was, yeah, it was thematic connections, not necessarily anything really concrete about the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually is really thematic. I'm reading it now, and it's like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, so let me tell you what's interesting in here. All right. Um, so it talks about uh, it as a line, and when the girl who was buried alive, that's an interesting idea, person buried alive. Um, talks about sin and hellfire and paradise. Um, uh, it talks about um, a noble messenger. So that was interesting. We were talking about the angel being a messenger. Um, um, yeah, and then it talks about Muhammad and Allah, uh, Allah, I should say, and, uh, yeah, okay, that's all that, that seems explicitly connected. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. I'm sure they, I'm sure they chose it for a reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I doubt it was random, but... Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I hesitate to go too deep into stuff like that because I think it, 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 mm-hmm. its role in the larger thing is usually, like, pretty limited. Sure. Um, okay, so you ready to continue? Yeah, and, and, you know, just a little note that Kevin has to have his, have his name changed with the hotel staff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or oh, I thought I figured out why he did that. I think I figured out why he did that. He says why he did it, didn't he? Well, oh, sorry. What did you figure what out? What do you mean he says why he did it? Well, he says be- the name is under Nora's name, and he's like, oh, do you want me to add your name? And the guy's like, and Kevin's like, yeah. But I guess, like, why they, why they, um, why they put that in there. Oh, you mean so Senior could find him yes. later? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That Because if it was under Nora's name, he wouldn't necessarily even know uh, yeah. to look for her. I mean, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would have been harder for him to figure out where Kevin was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I feel like functionally, like, that's the, that's the main reason why they put that in there. Because sure. yeah, otherwise it doesn't also... seem like it matters. It also calls back to the um, International Assassin Hotel thing when he's talking to the the receptionist about his name, you know. Oh yeah, Kevin name. Harvey. Mm-hmm. His his alias. And the whole and this whole thing with the TV, seeing somebody in a TV. 
kind right. of repeating those motifs. Definitely the TV thing, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then he's back in a hotel, and it's crazy. Um, you're right, they're definitely calling back there. Uh, cool. Okay, so, uh, right, so he goes to the studio where they're filming Good Day Melbourne, and, uh, he sees, uh, who he thinks is Evie, like, walking away, follows her, confronts her in an alley. What do you want? Did Patty send you? What, what are you doing? What's, you know... And uh, she's like, who's Patty? And she's got an accent. And um, there's this guy there um, uh, who's like, hey, is everything okay? Is this guy bothering you? And he's like, oh, shit, you can see her? Because <laughs> uh, he thinks, like, I guess I guess when the guy yeah, comes up, he thinks, weird. like, oh, he just sees me, like, yelling yeah. to nothing, so yeah. I can just tell him, like, no, I'm fine, and he'll go away. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so strange, because I I wasn't thinking Kevin was, was having another Patty attack Yeah, uh, and seeing somebody who wasn't there. I wasn't thinking that at all until he said that, and I was like, oh, that's what you're thinking, Kevin, this whole time? Yeah. You think you're imagining her? It's like then why are you looking for her at, at the at the station? Like, Patty was with you wherever you went. Right. So I, I'm confused, like, why... And obviously he's not thinking straight. Clearly he's actually having a break. But yeah. I just thought, like, that was a weird thing to think. Like, he's got to go find her. If she's if, actually like Patty. If she's attached to him like Patty or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so he... Um... She tells him. She tells him her name, um, and uh, he takes a picture uh, with his phone, and um, and then uh, has a conversation with this guy uh, trying to help, um, and uh, I guess you know, presumably like they fight or something. It it kind of just cuts away from that. Um, and then we cut to uh, Kevin calling Lori, and he has he has um, he has her hunt this Evie character up on the web using the name she gave, um, and um, uh, oh yeah, so I guess this is the point where we get that little that little thing about. Um, uh, the picture he sent her. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. Anyway, uh, she she looks up uh, her Facebook page. He sends the photo, and she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's totally Evie." Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she she mentions offhand, "Did you see her at the library?" Presumably, she read on her Facebook page that she works at the library. Yeah. Um. But then. Uh, once she realizes what's going on, she, um, she says, uh, don't, you know, don't approach her, uh, you'll scare her or something. Um, so, uh, uh, so he, de- he decides to, uh, he decides to just go to the library. Um, 
So, you know, assuming she works there, which, you know, turns out to be correct. He goes to the front desk and asks for her. And after, after a bit, she shows up and they go into a private room and she says, yes, I'm Evie. I started a new life, but -hmm. you can't tell anyone that you saw me here. Um, and, uh, at a certain point it's like, uh, so what's up, you know, what's up with the accent? Like what's going on? Yeah. Um, he starts to get suspicious that like something weird's going on. And, um, then she, uh, then she's like, oh, she told me to say, you know, I was Evie to make you, um, to make you go away or satisfy you or whatever. And, uh, you know, Kevin's like, who, who is she or whatever? And then they cut to Lori, of course. This is, uh, you know. Classic, classic, editing. classic editing. <laughs> uh, I, and I didn't get it the first time. Uh, but, yeah, when I rewatched it and they, who, who told, what woman told you cut to woman? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um. So he calls, he calls Lori and, uh, uh, she's, uh, she's out at, to dinner, I guess, with John at that point. Um, and, um, uh, so she, she takes the call outside and she has this, like, she very calmly is like, Hey, you know, just like I told you. And if you do the rewatch, she totally said this. Never tell anyone who is in the middle of a psychotic break that they're in the middle of a psychotic break. That mm-hmm. can cause them to do harm to themselves or others. Um, and uh, and she's like, you know, uh, okay, you called me. I'm going to help you. Are you ready for this? Yeah. And Lori is such a... Uh, What's the word? She's such a killjoy. I don't know if that's the right word. She's such a, you know, she did this in season two also. Just like, hey, you know, this is all in your head. Like, you're yeah. you're just losing it. And, you you know, you need to, like, come to grips with your problems. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, not really indulging the, uh, the idea that, like, something crazy really is happening. Yeah. Um, so she's like, all right look at the picture again and yeah. uh and so and so he uh he looks again and uh it's clearly not her at all it's not evie um and then she looks up at at the woman and now can tell that it's not her um uh and so um uh yeah then she comes up with the the theory that you know he saw evie because she escaped from her family and kevin wants to do that too and you know very psychoanalyzing kind of thing that i you know a therapist would probably do um Mm -hmm. and like very well could be correct um uh then she uh she questions the fact that uh he's in australia uh, considering the fact that the uh, anniversary of the departure is coming up in like a week, and he's police chief, and maybe he should be there. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, which I didn't, I didn't really thought about. Like he's got, he's got responsibilities. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going back to Jordan though. It certainly doesn't feel that way to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. I, I I don't know. Is it going to be like Tommy has to step in and handle it? Like I I wonder what's going to happen with that because um, uh, yeah, 
it's 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 sort of like it seems like an open-ended thing that there's there's something's gonna happen there i don't know i think i i think they'll be back to jordan for the seventh anniversary you think so because i think what's happening in miracle is supposed to be super important you know especially when like matt said like yeah kevin you you can die but not in miracle Right. So I think there's some extra specialists there. I think unless they find another spot in Australia that's like that somehow, like some other area that they deem special, another Axis Mundi, if you will, um, then um, then I would think they, they, they make it back for the seventh anniversary so we can see what happens in that town. Uh, or actually, they could. I mean, if Tommy's there, then maybe it could cut between the two. Actually, so I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just trying to think of how they could portray it. Because um, yeah, I, I do. I feel like the story's switching to Australia, and like in a sense, we're done with Jarden. And then maybe that was like he was Matt was just wrong. <laughs> you know, or there will be another place that's sure, equally sure. whatever in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's just hard for me to imagine them going back, but I, I guess like yeah, it, it's four episodes, right? I mean, they could go back in the fourth one. I mean, that's not out of the yeah, question. exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking the seventh anniversary is towards the end. Yeah, that seems like the most likely scenario. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible. But I guess I guess I think if they go back, it's gonna be like you know at the last minute you know yeah i think so too yeah the day of or something yeah yep yep um uh but yeah it was was something i wasn't worried about and i was like oh yeah that's a good point good point (laughs) um so yeah he mentions that uh he's there for nora and Lori's like you you doing okay you too and he's like ask john about the fucking book he wrote about me Mm -hmm. and then hangs up (laughs) Yeah, like, <laughs> which is a good, good closer. Pulled out what he uh, what he had to uh, attack with, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He and Nora both like that when they get cornered and when they feel vulnerable, they like attack. They lash out at other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, I guess Lori doesn't necessarily know about the book. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll see where that goes, uh, going forward. Yeah, she's not gonna like it. Um, no, gonna... it doesn't seem like based on her reaction, it is. Yeah. yeah I agree. I don't she's think she's gonna like it. not gonna like it because she's gonna think it's indulging his, his yeah. delusions. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is, A, like, Lori doesn't know, doesn't it seem to know about the book, and B, Nora knows about the book, but doesn't know what actually happened. I think that's interesting, and right. in that Kevin hasn't been like, yeah, I pushed in the well because I was there. It happened. It was little girl right. Patty. Right. Uh, you know, like it's he's not willing to really be that honest with her, and it's interesting. He actually kind of explained this kind of yeah. thing I'm suggesting by by telling her, hey, last time I was honest with you, you handcuffed me to a bed and said everything was okay. Right. Right. Um. So I think, yeah, I think I find that interesting that he's willing to like kind of take crap from her about the book without saying the most obvious thing about it, which is like, hey, it actually happened, uh, you know, and even even if the like stuff that was in his head is 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 um, up for grabs or I mean, the stuff that could she could say was in his head, like the hotel and stuff. 
Like it is true he got shot. It is true he right. drank poison. You know it. You know so right. it's like those other things. It would be interesting to see how she, you know, thinks about the like concrete evidence. Right. Uh, I mean, I know. think she knows he drank poison. Does she know that? I think Sorry, she I haven't, knows that. I haven't finished my season two rewatch. I I think she knows. Um, okay. Uh, but 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 I, don't I mean I meant the when. whole thing. I mean this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But does she know Michael buried him for eight hours or whatever, and he woke up from the dead? I mean, does I she think about think it like she, that? I don't think she knows the full story, no. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, the whole getting shot stuff, too, I don't, you know... I'm sure she knows he got shot. She must, yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And even that, I remember when John was saying that whole thing like i shot you and you didn't go to the hospital till the next day it's like yeah but still it's not really a miracle you know it's just yeah. you shot him in the one place where this was possible yeah. i mean there's got to be a place on the human body where you could shoot them and someone could survive to the next day it's got to be that place there's the place he shot you what's right. so, what's so miraculous about that right um uh because, yeah, that's the thing, you know, in terms of this sort of quasi-Jesus analogy Kevin has going on here, he's not going around performing miracles, right? He's not going around, like, helping people. He's right. not turning water into wine and then right. one loaves and to many and fishes, too. Yeah. Uh, so he's not, yeah. like, doing magic. Raising know? the dead. He's got this, like, passive power. Yeah, exactly. He's Casting got this, out like, demons. Yeah, exactly. He's got the... <laughs> You got another one? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Rule of threes here. <laughs> one more would have completed that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you took the other ones. Yeah. The only thing, he, the Jesus thing he's got is the resurrection power, which, hey, if you're going to have a Jesus power, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and his doesn't take three days, so take that, Jesus. Hey. <laughs> nice try, Jesus. It's too slow, Jesus. <laughs> that might have worked in zero BC, but uh, this is the year two thousand. Gotta be quick with that resurrection. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I find that interesting, though, right? Uh, that 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 uh, that that alone enough is to make him like this Jesus guy, or sort of worthy of. Uh, deifying or writing this kind of gospel about um because what's strange right like matt could also like if matt was like a scientist instead of writing a gospel he would have wrote like a research paper yeah yeah study, or like yeah, or, yeah. or some kind of study or some sort of like journal of about you know just kind of you know sort of objectively journaling what's happening, happening or whatever, whatever. Uh, uh making like notes about, about it and stuff but you know what i mean it's, it's like it's interesting how you know, they're sort of two sides of the same coin. Those things are, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, like it, like specifically, like Matt's thing is written in verse, like scripture. You know, because um, if you just wrote it without the kind of like scripture thing Grace describes it as, it could just be a novel, <laughs> you know, right. And an interesting one. Yeah, that's the thing about the Bible, right? Like, if 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 someone didn't tell you, actually, that's a great experiment. Oh man, I mean, it'd be hard to get someone who doesn't know the Bible, but if you could get someone who doesn't know what the Bible is or something, 
and be like, hey, here's a novel. <laughs> Tell me what you think about this novel. <laughs> I mean, they'd be riveted. It'd be so interesting. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Yeah, there's some, there's some good then, stories in and there. He's like, yeah, he's like, I like the stories, but then there's a lot of parts that are just what not to do. <laughs> right, right. And I didn't know how to take that, literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say about Kevin, like, in terms of Jesus. Like, he's also not really teaching anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, he's not, like, going around trying to tell people well, he how, hasn't learned how anything. to live. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he needs. He needs to learn something first. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe that's a, that's interesting. Maybe he's got to survive this ordeal with him losing his mind, and then he'll have learned something, and he can teach people, you know. And maybe. he will be that that messenger. The mess- messenger. <laughs> messenger. Hashtag messenger. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe maybe he'll be the messenger of the thing he learned, and that's interesting because that's sort of a parallel to what to kind of what uh. Lori and John are doing, you know, they're kind of being a messenger to people uh, about how to deal with their grief and about, you know, with the departure and like what to think about it. Yeah. So it's interesting if if Kevin winds up in a position like that of like going out and messaging. (laughs) Sorry, messengering. (laughs) There you go. That sounds better. Here's my message. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and since we're talking about the um, this whole religious aspect, um, uh, I was uh, on Reddit, of course. I've been on Reddit a lot recently. Sorry, that's why I'm talking about it so much. And uh, I was posing the question about, you know, this kind of whole, uh, Holy Trinity idea and, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and if you, you sort of slot Kevin Sr. and Kevin Jr. in the Father and Son slot, what what would an analogous Holy Spirit kind of thing be um, on the show? And um, the description of the Holy Spirit in Wikipedia is kind of interesting. It talks about some symbols of the Holy Spirit that have been depicted, and one is of a winged dove. So we've seen doves on the show, which is really interesting, particularly uh, that seemingly that flash forward at the end of the first episode of season three right uh we saw the doves and messenger the, so we, birds they are yeah they were carrying messages right mm-hmm. um uh and that's kind of what the idea was within the sort of the holy spirit thing was the the word of god kind of a thing being being transmitted or something mm-hmm. uh and um so that's super interesting and we know that it, you know they were at a community garden, but the lady that she was talking to was a nun, right? Right. Uh, so they made it religious, and we know because basically it was a when, church community garden. Or yeah, something. that's what it seemed. Did it say church? Because yeah, I, I think thinking, that, I like, think there was an Anglican church thing. Uh, that's fine. We knew it was. It, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I forgot we knew that. Anyway, yeah. like I was saying, <laughs> we know it's an Anglican church, um, and people use doves for like at at weddings so i wonder if carrie's just like capturing the doves after they've been released at the church you know for weddings and stuff um and if that's true then what that kind of means i think is the messages on the doves are probably like love messages technical term and i just find that kind of interesting if she winds up in this period of time of her life after she's lost kevin or whatever happened there whatever tragedy that's clearly on her face has happened 
She's she's you sure it's like, not radiation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There was a sadness there that's either that's some caused by something, but whatever whatever that is, like it's interesting to think. I'm that, sad uh, about how much radiation I've been exposed to. <laughs> Who are you, Fukushima? Uh, Ouch. Sorry, too soon, man. Sick bird. That disaster's still going on. That is not yeah. Um, I'm losing my point. Um, sorry, sorry. What was, I, what was I saying? I was saying... Oh, it, 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 so it'd be kind face. of ironic. It'd be ironic if she sort of ends up loveless, but she has to sort of deal with these, like, love birds. Love messages. Really That's why she's love throwing messages. them away without... And she's, yeah, it's kind of interesting, like, if she has to kind of deal with this, like, new love all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's all... And there's more... The lady, like, says something like, there's more birds now, or they've so many at once or something mm-hmm. so maybe there's been more weddings recently kind of a thing yeah 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 in her face all the love yeah. she's not getting <laughs> <laughs> like every message literally right i mean that's what it would be right right, right, right. is from these couples who are you know just just they vowed to be together forever every single bird every single message you know <laughs> is, is this is like not what right. i can have in my life i don't get this i don't get this you know yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I was not thinking that at all. <laughs> I wasn't either for a while, and it, it just hit me like that. The the combination of well, I'm like, well, if it's for weddings, okay, and what would those messages be? Because we were talking before that it's it, obviously messages, but what are they? You know, right? Um, but yeah, if it's for weddings, and it's then then it adds that angle of like, oh crap couples and love mm-hmm. and all this stuff that she won't get yeah 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 all that stuff but anyway the whole holy spirit thing i thought was interesting and the other symbol that uh, the article referenced that has been a depiction of the holy spirit is this this idea of tongues of fire mm-hmm. um and i thought um you know um that's another kind of idea of a message too uh you know tongues transmitting language kind of a thing right right uh, so this whole, this whole thing of messengers kind of pretty big. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I thought that was interesting. We've seen a lot of fires on the show. Uh, the only kind of crazy fire I think that stands out in terms of messaging, messengering, is um, is the fire on the bed in the hotel room where Kevin Sr. was when he was talking to Kevin Jr. Right. Uh, through the TV. Right. So that, that was interesting, you know, the fire and the god's tongue somehow transmitting or something or facilitating i don't know right uh god's reading tongue. too much into it mm. yeah god's tongue there it is mm. oh yeah that's actually wait a minute so i want to take what you said because <laughs> <laughs> there's your there's your tongue of fire yeah there, that's the tongue of fire yeah yeah you said I thought that's fire. what you were saying. I... No, I, I actually, I was, I was going to literal. You know what I was doing? I was, I was trying to be less literal about tongue and more literal about fire. Oh, okay. Uh, and, but then I forgot about God's tongue, which is, which yeah. is like you even that, said it uh, though, because I, <laughs> I forgot what it was called. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's it is. There's the tongue. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I said. We agree. We agree. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll re-edit it so it sounds like you said that. Score. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I think that's interesting. Like I said, this is just what's on the Wikipedia page under Holy Spirit, uh, which I feel like the writers probably read yeah. at some point. Um, 
Uh, so uh, I find that hey, kind of I, interesting. You know, I used to poo-poo Wikipedia. <laughs> I used to, you know. <laughs> poo-poo Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I regularly poo-pooed it as a, as a source for research. But I, I have to say, um, I've, I've come around. I think... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for sort of distilled information. Oh, um, so good! It's cliff notes of. It's good and it's pretty reliable. I mean, um, there's a lot of stuff that I've looked up on there, and uh, it's you know it's been accurate and helpful, and um, you know it's like just because <laughs> it's printed. And if I call now, I can subscribe for nineteen ninety five. Is that what you're saying? Just because it's printed in a book somewhere doesn't mean, like, it's more accurate, you know, um, or, like, the thing you need, you know. So, uh, yeah, I want to just, I want to just suggest that you all subscribe to Wikipedia. I don't know. Can you do that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good pitch. That's a good pitch. Can we get Wikipedia to, like, sponsor us or something? Well, clearly they need to. Everybody's um, got sponsors, you know. We don't have any spot. Like maybe Wikipedia will sponsor us if we just start advertising for them. I would totally advertise for Wikipedia because I, I totally agree. Um, I'd advertise for it for free. Um, yeah. Uh, because yeah, it's it's so easy to find stuff, and you get yeah really concise information. You don't really have to read too much to get generally what you want out of the article you know like if you you because usually you know usually there's like one or two things you're trying to figure out about the topic right you're not necessarily right. like i want to know everything there is to know about christianity right now you know <laughs> like, right 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 uh if you are you can do that and get lost in all the links and stuff right yeah, but yeah. like a lot of times it's like oh what's that what you know like for me i'm like okay well what is the how do you define holy spirit what does that actually right. mean you right. know, in common literature and, and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it's written, it's, it's written very well. Uh, I've got, we're gushing about Wikipedia. <laughs> I feel like, um, that makes us cool and not nerds, right? <laughs> that makes us cool kids. Um, so anyway, let's go exactly. back to the show. Um, uh, what point were we making? We were making a point before. Oh, Holy Spirit. Okay, sorry. That, I just wanted to bring that up, because um, uh, there might be some, you know, there might be something to look out for in terms of what is this, what is the version of Holy Spirit on the show? Uh, um, you know, we've seen some thematic and or symbolic examples of them kind of depicting that. So that's interesting. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I think I, that's a Reza Aslan joint. <laughs> <laughs> indeed um okay so are you ready to go on to the grand finale oh no okay uh but yeah let's do it okay so um so kevin goes back to the hotel uh nora's there uh calling her boss at the dsd uh, trying to report the the death ray cult as frauds, um, and then um... <laughs> are <laughs> they a cult? Yeah, a I'm, great calling, I'm gonna call them a cult. I mean, to me, like they have all the hallmarks of a cult, except like their members are all like incinerated systematically. 
Yeah, it's funny. It's like drinking the Kool-Aid, right? It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's just like that. It, that's actually what cults say: is you yeah. do this thing, we'll go to this other place. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like sure, it's wrapped up in science, but I mean, I feel like the way they're approaching it is very culty. <laughs> so I, I wonder if they're if they're trying to depict a sort of science-based cult versus. I'm trying to I'm trying to make a comparison to the Guilty Remnant, which was right. A not a religious based cult, but a it's more of a uh, philosophy morality yeah, kind of sort of existential ideology. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just based on ideas, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Nothing it's supernatural. Except that all we should think about is the sudden departure. This whole machine brings up a, a really interesting dilemma of like, what if, what if they they said there was a machine that could take you to heaven? You know, it would be such an interesting dilemma because yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd have no way of knowing if it ever worked. Right. Uh, yet you would always have people who'd want to try it. <laughs> right. 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 You know, uh, because the prospects are so big, you know. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what they have here, except it's predicated on there there being an event, you know, that, that connects to what they're promising, you know, um, you know, so it'd be like, if you had, if you could somehow prove that heaven exists, then you could say, well, Hey, heaven exists. And now I have a machine that can take you there. Do you want to, you want to get in, you know, (laughs) but they're just cremating people. (laughs) Right. Right. It's a great call. That's a perfect call because, um, because there's never like there's no feedback loop. No uh, dissatisfied or, members. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of like what Nora said, which I which I called it right before she said it when she was like, I saw all these testimonials, like 190 people or whatever, and and uh, and I and then I looked them up to see if any of them were around. I was like, they're not around. And she goes, none of them were around. I'm like, no, there's mm-hmm. no because they they can't be around because they were around. Guess what? We got to go find them now right, and ask right. them. Happen when they came back. There's right. no way they can have that possibility on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. Death cult. Anyway, sorry, death rate cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just. Uh, we don't have a name for them, so I'm just. And I don't have a name for the machine either. So I'm calling that the death ray, and I'm calling them the death ray cult until we get a name for them. That's what I'm gonna call them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, anyway, Kevin comes in and clearly he's not doing too well. Um, uh, Nora's like, Hey, <laughs> what's wrong? Like, tell me, you can tell me anything. <clears throat> and he's like, not really. Uh, because if you watch season two, you remember, and I was thinking this actually, which he said, you could tell me anything. Yeah, me too. When I told you I was seeing Patty, you handcuffed me to a bed and like left for however many days, uh, just like disappeared. Yeah. Uh, so clearly she was cool about like, oh, you're having fugues. We'll just handcuff you to the bed. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, when he said he was seeing Patty, she just pff, gone. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, and then she let's see, she's uh, she's angry that he told Lori, but not her. 
And then she's like, I and I bet you you really like this book. You like that you have a book about you. And we talked about this earlier. And then he's like, yeah, I love it. I love this book. And so then he lights it on fire and uh, puts it in the puts it in the sink. And uh, they're, they're, I would say they're having a fight now. <laughs> I think they've been having a fight for a little bit here. <laughs> I think he walked in the room and they were fighting. Uh, was it? It was. I guess before. Yeah. I guess nothing had to be on fire. They they were having a fight before the fire started. But I think mm-hmm. once the fire starts, it's clear that. Yeah. It's clear that they're fighting. Um, That's the general sign. <laughs> um. Uh, so then, uh, then Nora asked, why, why didn't you stop me? Which, you know, when she said that, I was like, what? Cause <laughs> I thought, I thought she meant like, why didn't you stop me from going to the death ray people? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, why didn't you stop me from giving Lily back? I thought you were going to say when you were like, but no, I thought I was going to be like, but no, just like a woman, she brings up something from the past, and she's like, but what about this one time you didn't? Sorry, massage's joke. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> so she's like, why didn't you stop me from, from giving Lily back to Christine? And you were relieved, and blah, blah, blah. And then he says, uh, um, <clears throat> uh, you just don't want to have a baby because... Uh, if you did, then you couldn't be the victim and people couldn't feel so you just want people to feel sorry for you. And, uh, uh, uh she says she didn't want people to feel sorry for her. And she's like, when are you going to get over losing your kids? And she's like, they're not dead. They're just gone. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and finally Kevin says the, uh, the, the closer, then you should go be with them. Mm-hmm. And you should be gone. <laughs> Yeah, you should be just gone. Yeah, make like a tree and be gone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after that, he grabs his yeah. bag, takes off, leaves the room. Um, book still burning, I think. Yep. Um, he goes downstairs. Uh, and here's where things get weird. Uh, <laughs> here's where they get weird? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, only here. <laughs> yep finally something weird happened no i, th- I th- this is where we get some moments that like i i was like what yeah. when i saw it the first time i was like confused and then i saw it the second time and i was like yeah yeah i'm still confused, confused. yep so uh so he goes downstairs and there's like um uh there's like fire trucks there right and mm-hmm. like maybe paramedics or something there's and they're like rushing inside and he goes outside, and I'm thinking, um, oh, they're, like, they're there because they set off the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. You know? They yeah. burn the book. They set off the fire alarm. Must be that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, I need a taxi. And he's like, no, you can't get a taxi because of the explosion. Yeah. And I'm like, the what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that doesn't Nora's count. room exploded? <laughs> that's that. The burning the book does not count as, ex- there's no way that's the explosion. Yeah. So hold on, there was an explosion. Like, was it in the hotel? Like, yep. why are they at the hotel then? Like, mm-hmm. is it is it unrelated or is it like a both? Like, I... yep. What's yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. so so? Huh? Um, 
Uh, Are you really asking? Uh, yeah. Do you, oh. do you know the answer? I thought you were still recapping. Well, okay. Should I finish the recap? So I'll finish the recap. Okay. So uh, then uh, uh, Kevin Sr. shows up. Turns out he doesn't need a cab. He's there with Grace. Hey, saw you on TV because he was on Good Day Melbourne. And uh, he looked him, looked up hotels, found him there because his name was at the front desk. Boom. And uh, and he's like, uh, you here alone? And yes, I'm here alone. Sure, why not? So he gets in the car and they uh, they drive away. And then, uh, and then we cut back to uh, Nora up in the, the hotel room. And uh, I guess the sprinkler system has gone off. This is giving me a huge Twin Peaks vibe here. Um, confusion about what caused certain things to happen uh, with regard to sprinklers. Anyway, um, she's sitting there. The water's like pouring down and it kind of ends on, on her face, eyes. The biggest tears. The biggest teardrop in the world. The biggest teardrop in the world, exactly. And I, I, I like—I'd never seen like tears. Like, I mean, obviously it's water, not not tears, but right. like the effect is tears. That's it's what like, it looks like. Yeah, pain, crying, like medical condition level crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seriously, go to the yeah. hospital now um, with a towel. <laughs> please get a towel, or else you're going to be slipping and sliding all the way down to the ER. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's not as fun as it sounds. Okay? <laughs> I know I just kind of made it sound fun. But it does sound fun. Yeah, I messed up in my explanation. It should have been more cautionary. <laughs> but so um, I do want to point out the bookend uh, kind of bookend uh, theme here. You know, this episode was about uh, Kevin and Nora breaking up, and uh, yep. the first line of the episode is, uh, "Are you two together?" And yep. then at the end, it's Kevin. Are you alone? And it's yep. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting there. Um, so I guess let's kind of work backwards, maybe. So the explosion, I think, is unrelated. I do think the fire trucks are there because of the fire in the hotel. That is um, why they're there. And that the is why he, they're the reason he can't get taxis. Because I think uh, Kevin Senior mentions like the planes are grounded as well. Yeah. So the airports. Yeah, the airports have grounded the flights. So there was explosion somewhere, presumably in Australia, presumably in the city. Right, um, but the fire trucks are there because of the, the because yes, the exactly fire. because of um, because of the fire in the room. Now, the room. okay, <clears throat> I think you said you had confusion about the alarm going off. Did you say? Yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. What was the confusion there? Like what? Well, I was just confused that that uh, you know when he left the room, mm-hmm. uh, the sprinkler wasn't on, but when yeah, he got so, downstairs, they were already there. So, yeah, because oh, I see what you're saying. Well, so Nora covered the smoke detector, so I think that's why right. it doesn't go off until Kevin like leaves the room and the door opens and smoke goes out to the hallway. Is what I'm assuming. Oh. Is what sets it off Whoa. because she had the yeah she had the one in their room covered up. I see, but the, but how are they already downstairs? I mean, how long did it take him to get downstairs? It could be a big hotel. It could have taken a couple minutes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's quick, but you know, they they're clearly like evacuating people. Mm-hmm. I think it's clear. <laughs> I think that's what I assume. 
I didn't. Uh, I didn't assume that, but I. It, oh. it might be true. <laughs> no, it's so obvious they're doing this way. I backpedaled very quickly. Like, mm. I, it's it, it. It wasn't clear to me what was going on there. Uh, I and then when he talked about the explosion, I thought they were there because of the explosion. Then I was like, was there an explosion in the hotel? But we would have heard an explosion. Well, that's what I thought. But I, you know, it was just I was I. I just got very. It was confusing. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, it could be a big hotel, you know. If people, he's oh, you know what? He's got to take the stairs, so it even took even longer because you can't take the elevator. That's actually an interesting point. Why does he have to take uh, stairs? Get back on Reddit. So uh, I was telling you this off podcast. I think we were talking that in the International Assassin script, it kind of it kind of spec- specifies a bit better than what we see in the actual episode. The episode didn't really connect these two exactly. But in the script, um, after Kevin like is in the hotel and he gets the suit and the guy comes with the flowers and he, and he fights the guy and kills the guy, when he goes out of the room and he goes in the hallway, and the script, when he's about to get on the elevator, that's when the fire alarm starts. Mm-hmm. And that prompts him to get on, to take the stairs. Right. Uh, and the script kind of says it's like, makes it seem like that's a, not, not a coincidence, basically. Right. Um, and but in the actual episode, what happens is he's about to get on the elevator. The alarm goes off. Then he like takes. The, they kind of just cut to him on the stairs, sort of. Mm-hmm. But then you hear the alarm going off the entire time while he's kind of going down to the lobby. So it plays a little bit differently. Right. Uh, but anyway, somebody on Reddit, back to Reddit, mentioned uh, in response to that, mentioned that Kevin. I think they said specifically because he's a cop, but in general. Kevin would know, probably know that you're not supposed to take an elevator when there's a fire alarm going off. So anyway, that connects back to this here, where uh, if he took if the stairs, it would take longer. He, he would he would be taking the <clears throat> stairs because the fire alarm is going off, so right. it would take longer. Yeah. You know? So if they're on like the twentieth floor, I don't know how big the hotel yeah. is. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think we just science that answer. Nice, nice. Thanks, science. Take that. <laughs> I was like, take that science. And you're like, thanks, science. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Can we go back to the fight? There's so much to talk about. Um, sure. Um, man, yeah. they. It's interesting how, um, you know, the way you they depict this dysfunctional couple, you know, because they seemed fine, <laughs> even though... You know, even though they were dysfunctional, they seemed to, like, work somehow. That was good for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it wasn't because they still had problems. Uh, and it ended up with them not trusting each other. But um, it's just interesting how you go, oh, yeah, he's hanging up to the bed. Oh, that's weird. But, you know, just Nora and Kevin, you know, right. crazy kids. Um, but so it's interesting because, you know, this episode had a lot of exposition just about how the characters felt and were and what they were thinking about in other scenes we didn't really see, you know, stuff like that. Right. That was kind of a bit more than I think we usually get. And um, yeah. And so I thought that was kind of interesting with uh, just them revealing what they thought about each other. And, um, and uh, like, this whole idea of, like, Nora thinking, um, you know, Kevin thinking he can't really be 100% honest with Nora, and then Nora thinking, like, Kevin should have stopped me from giving up Lily, and he didn't, and he didn't really want, and you were relieved when I, you know, about not having a baby and all that kind of stuff. And 
um, or no, getting the puppy, getting the dog, um, right. and uh, which is great because it's like before she was like, yeah, we shouldn't get the dog. Um, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm I'm thinking of uh, Lori. I'm thinking of Lori. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of that whole thing. Uh, it's similar though. Yeah, sorry, I just completely transposed that whole thing. Uh, I just recently saw that. Um, but anyway, I thought that kind of stuff in the episode, in the scene was interesting, like them talking about like this hidden thing that they're holding over the other person, or holding against the other person. Right. Um, right. I still don't know about the book. I mean, I guess, I guess Kevin doesn't like the book. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It seemed to have given him a psychotic break. That seems like a bad review. Um, <laughs> it seems like a one-star review to me. <laughs> like, I guess, uh, like, I, 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 I wouldn't go so far as to say he hates it or something. I just think, I just think he doesn't necessarily love it. I think he's, you know, totally willing to, you know, burn it. <laughs> And, you know, he's about to storm out on Nora anyway, so it doesn't win him a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's how it seems to me, that it, it's like, it's it's this weird, I think he's, like, kind of interested in it, because, like, having a book written about your life is weird, and it, obviously he's been through some crazy things, and... So I think he he has some mixed feelings about it. That's so, how it seems to me. But I, I just, I don't get the sense he really loves it. Yeah, so this is what I'm thinking now. What I'm thinking now is, if, if, if I can use the pun bookend, I think the book bookends this whole journey Kevin goes on in the episode. So, and this tells me something about what he thinks about it. So I think if I look, the way I, the way I can see it now is he's reading the book, he's reliving those kind of big moments from season two. Uh, dealing with his kind of specialness, uh, special adventure and all that stuff. And then he goes on this long rabbit hole, psychotic break, chasing Evie. And, and he realizes he was wrong and he, and he has this problem. So when he comes back to Norris, the end of that whole adventure, and then, he, then, then the book comes back up again. And so I think him burning the book is kind of sort of dovetailing from that first part of like, He's like, this is this is what I think about the book. This book fucked me up, you know. Uh, the the book having, you know, all all that stuff, kind of dealing with Evie and the uh, and then all the stuff dealing with the book. What's in the book, I think, is the stuff I think that makes him feel crazy. So yeah, right. Um, I think he was like, yeah, screw this book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's it, it's a reminder of you know the horrible crap that makes me feel crazy. Yeah, right. I'll buy that. I'll buy my own explanation. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I hope so. I yeah, no, I've noticed that. Yeah. Uh, Here's what I, I think, wanna, but I don't really buy that. I don't really buy it. I'll just throw it out there. I can be convinced sometimes. You know, you kind of throw it out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Kevin and Nora, R.I.P. For now, I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely not looking good. And to, as close as we are to the end of the series, however many episodes—I mean, four episodes left—you know, uh, if they do get back together, it can't be for very long, realistically. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, this is this is a big moment, I think. 
Yeah, maybe it'll be one of those things where at the very end they they're back together, you know. Yeah. And it's like going forward they'll be together. But I I I, I foresee a tragic ending. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It 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 seems that way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think they could like pull a uh, misdirection and um, and it seems like a tragic ending, but it's actually, you know, it's actually a happy ending. I I don't necessarily expect that though. I expect it to be. Uh, you know, uh, tragically sentimental. Yeah, I expect it to be bittersweet. With, yeah, there you go. Bittersweet. With like, but with like characters not really getting what they want, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. Like, I it's mean, not going to no be way, like. That's what Nora wants. It's not going to be Kevin and Nora get married and have a new baby. You know what I really want, Kevin? I want to deliver birds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is so Nora yeah, waiting on a note from somebody? Hmm, I don't know. I'm, I'm reading too much into it. I'm trying to crack the code for that crack one. Crack the scene. code. Yeah. It's the new blast door map, those birds. Those birds. Yeah. Those birds mean something. And you know, I mean, they were uh the, they seem to be in that in that opening segment too from the beginning of the season. You yes. know, similar kind of thing with the boxes and the messages. And, and there it seemed messages. like they were using the messages to figure out when the rapture would be. You yeah. Valenzetti equation. Valenzetti equation. Bird messenger. Yeah. Valenzetti is Italian for bird man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> that would be insane. Uh, yeah, the whole bird thing is very interesting. All the bird stuff is very interesting in the show. Um, but yeah, we got the we got all that bird connection. Uh, Major bird. So another Reddit thing I want to bring up to talk about birds. Oh, Reddit! I know it's a new source of uh, conversation. Apparently. Um, <laughs> Some someone mentioned like the birds traveling dimensions. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. What did you make of that? Because I was really confused. I, I don't on buy how it that was at supposed all. to make any I mean, sense. Uh, I think the you know the bird that was in the box uh, mm-hmm. may have traveled dimensions in some sense, but in the same sense that Mary did, they were in this kind of you know, near death or in between life and death kind of state. Yeah. Uh, and that's why the bird was able to be there. Uh, but why, I, 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 other than that, I mean, where, where does the idea come from that the birds are? I, wasn't it from, uh, I think that kind of, sh- that shot in the sky of the bird kind of going from like, Oh, miracle to wherever else they kind of transition. I yeah. think, they were trying Australia. to loop that in there. That was some kind of thing of the bird flying through a dimension or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was just, you know, a transitional shot. I, I didn't necessarily think it meant anything crazy like that. Um, but, okay. Sure. Maybe they're dimension hopping birds. I just... <laughs> it's... It's, no, there's not. There's it's not. It's hard for me to take that seriously. I mean, I, I mean, could it be? Oh, look, the bird somehow 
you know, there's, there's, listen, the Danziger radiation. Okay, let's oh, start no. there. Yeah, grown city. It created wormhole pockets, and the birds can fly through them. <laughs> sure. And and they're and those those the the birds they use are actually like homing pigeons. Mm-hmm. So like um, those those I, I think I read they're not exact they're not technically doves or something like that. They're like white homing pigeons usually. Because um, doves aren't as smart. And um, but so if they have homing skills, then maybe like. They are being taught how to travel dimensions. <laughs> and they use their homing skills to go through the wormholes. <laughs> I think we're on to something here. <laughs> on to something. Don't tell anyone, all right? Oh, man. Wow. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> That's a great breaking news tagline. <laughs> Welcome to Channel 5, breaking news. You heard it here first, folks, but don't tell anyone. Where do you get your breaking news from? I just, I can't tell you. I can't tell you where I get from. <laughs> but it's, you always have the news first. So if you can't share it with your friends. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, I thought the bird stuff is interesting. That's all I have to say about that. It is, it is. I mean, birds seem significant. I just... Dimension hopping birds, I don't know. Is that a feather too far? It's a, yeah. <laughs> Is that a flock of fields? I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of sticking its beak where it doesn't belong. There you go. Thanks for the third one. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was hoping for another F alliteration, but uh, oh, thanks okay. for that. That was still better than what I had, which was nothing. <laughs> nice. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, all right, what else? Um, so, I don't know. Do you want to talk about uh, what you think Kevin Sr. and Grace are going to do with Kevin Jr.? Does this answer the question of you got the wrong Kevin, uh, what that meant? Um, not yet. Um. <laughs> I think it. I think it kind of does. I mean, not exactly, but I think it. It means at least Kevin Junior is is involved on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think well. that it leaves open the possibility of um, a kind of both and or it's still yeah. me, but we need Junior for. I think that's. Such and I think such. that's what it's going to be because it is a coincidence that. He saw Kevin on TV, um, right. and it, we're not sure if if he's like, you got the wrong Kevin. My son is the one you want. Oh, look, he's on TV. What a coincidence. Right. Or if it was like, you got the wrong Kevin. It's me. Oh, look, my son's on TV. Maybe that means we need him too. Right, right. Sort of a thing. So, um, yeah, it's great how you we still don't know that little thing. Um, um, so, okay, so... I think you and I both know a spoiler. Yeah, unfortunately. About what might happen soon. This so is we from wanna... Reddit. Thanks again, Reddit. Yeah, Reddit failed this time. Uh, so we're going to discuss, and I would consider this a, a minor spoiler in the grand scheme of things, but it is a spoiler about a plot point that happens. Uh, so, Justin, I think what we can do is you can note the time here. All and right. then and then we can edit 
Um, what am I thinking? You can add. Uh, well, you can add a note about when the spoiler is, but you could. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So when you edit, you can you, we can figure out where people can like jump to to get past this, basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so hopefully the spoiler will be covered. We'll do some editing so that if you don't want to hear it, you can just jump to this next point. And if you do want to hear it, we're going to talk about it now. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So <laughs> the little two tidbits that I got spoiled by was the idea that uh, Kevin Sr. is going to uh, dunk Kevin Jr. in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. Presumably trying to get him back to the hotel. Yeah. With the goal being to find Christopher Sunday uh, and get, get the the, song. his brain song. Yeah. Now, that's a great plot point. That's great. Bravo, bravo. Like, that's what I would love to see. That can't work, right? <laughs> like, it can't. That just, he's, he can't go. What, what's Kevin going to do? He's going to sit there in the hotel and learn this rain song from him? Right. And then go and then wake up in the real world and then teach it to his dad. And then what? They're going to go to the last place on the rain line and mm-hmm. or the song line and then do it. And then what? The flood stops. And then oh, the guys. flood won't happen. Oh, yeah. I, I don't believe in the flood plot. Even if that's yeah. happening, I'm just not convinced. Now, Are I you guess. Saying the flood plot doesn't hold water? I. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, man. <laughs> Are you saying it's just a drop in the bucket? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, do I have a third one? Are you saying um, uh, you can't really see that it's true? <laughs> that was a little more tenuous, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. I got a third one. I'm happy. All right. <laughs> well, so- I'm just here for the jokes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm just here for the opportunities to make jokes. Uh, so I think uh, I think the question for me about that is, um, is like what what is going to happen, you know? And I, I guess I feel like it, he could end up still going to the hotel again. I feel, I think going to the hotel again is definitely up for grabs. Well, I think we did think about the fact there should be a third time for the hotel, right? Yeah. Where- um, so because it was surprising, they even went back a second time. True. Um, yeah, I feel like that almost makes a third time a guarantee. <laughs> yeah, especially now that he's got a purpose. Yeah. Um, he's he's got this kind of purpose thing. So, real, can we can either we come back to it or put a pin in this flood conversation? I want to bring up the bag Kevin over the bag head thing. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not how you say it, but you got what I meant. Do you think he's going to the hotel when he does that? Because there's people who think he's just like going to the hotel all the time. I don't think he's going to the hotel when he does that. Okay. I don't I mean, either. I mean, I'm not sure, but I just I just doubt it. I feel like it's going to be weird if they tell us he's been going to the hotel like on a daily basis. Well, and actually now that we know the spoiler, which I guess we're still on the spoiler tag, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say when you brought that up. If you wanted me to end the spoiler, if we want to Sorry. end the spoiler section. Are we, well, let's end it after this, I guess, because I just want to say, okay. now that you know that spoiler, that's actually a mark against the, uh, him using the bag to go to the hotel. If we, yeah. if Kevin Sr. is going to dunk him in the thing, then yeah. that's how Kevin thinks he gets there. Right. Or, or an easy way to get there besides shooting himself in the chest, right. you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he wants to feel alive by feeling close to death or something like that. I think that's the idea with that bag thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, so I guess, so anything else about the spoiler thing? We kind of talked about that. Um, um, I think if, they, if, if that is the setup, which what it seems to be, if the spoiler is true, that um, Kevin Sr. is going to somehow convince Kevin Jr. that this that he's got to sing the song i mean that means he's going to tell him the whole thing about the itsy bitsy spider and tony the right. chicken yep and yep. going to and and kevin's going to believe that and then <laughs> and he's somehow going to be yeah. convinced to like you know sort of quasi kill himself to go to the hotel find it this guy who ridiculous. He, he doesn't even know the guy is going to be there he wasn't well the guy wasn't dead before but there were other dead people who weren't at that hotel right um like a lot of them and right. um, so it's weird to think that somehow that's just going to happen. But, I, but you know, if it did happen, it just seems like it'll be the kind of thing where it won't turn out like they expect it to. That's what I'm um, expecting. And know? also another thing of promoting the idea that um, or propelling the idea that we'd see the hotel again is uh, seeing the bridge man again. The bridge man slash yes. karaoke man. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm expecting that to come. What will into he play. be doing this time? <laughs> <laughs> so the first time he was outside the hotel, the second time he was yep. inside the hotel. Yeah. Where will he be this time? Um Yikes, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Um interesting. Yeah. Okay, so anything else in the spoiler tag? Uh, no, I think, I think that's it. All right. Uh, okay. End of spoiler. So, um, if you did not listen to that spoiler section, you missed a couple good jokes. Uh, <laughs> very proud of, um, but you know. Yeah. So you can, you can mark out that, that six minutes or so go back, you know, once you get to the end of the season, go back and exactly. relive the magic. That's what that you, you didn't live the first time. The six minutes you always wanted. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So Grace is super happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Found her person. So you have any other ideas about this explosion thing? Um, uh, I think the idea that it's a machine is pretty plausible because I had nothing. I was just like, what, some random, like, I I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know what else it would be, mm -hmm. really. You know, it'd be interesting if, like, we find out, we find out where the explosion was and it, like, It'd be interesting if it's something kind of a little extra weird because it's the machine, like that, like maybe like the building disappeared. Right. Oh god. Uh, oh, you know, god. like the like the the it it, it it pulled a Swan Station basically. The power went too high, 
and like the machine like overloaded and it zapped like the whole build so maybe like it's something weird like the building's gone but there was also an explosion so it's kind of like the swan hatch where like there was an implosion but also an explosion right right um that might be a an interesting way they could make that make that thing weird yeah 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 and not just like oh it was a ball of fire you know it's clearly a setup for something, so I, I, I feel like it'll tie, I mean, it'll tie into some storyline, and I think the only storyline we know about that mm-hmm. makes sense for it to tie into is, um, yeah, is the machine, because, so, like, nobody else is in Australia, so. So, the, uh, the Devil's Advocate, uh, Occam's Razor answer, by the way, is... Could be it's just a way to get them from leaving, right? Like saying, "Oh, the airports are down, therefore oh. you can't get back to you yeah. know Miracle." Could it right. could be? That? I don't think that's it, but it could be uh, just a contrivance. Because Kevin was like, "I'm on my way home." <laughs> that's true. That's true. I just want to throw that out there in case it's something practical, and they ne- and like the next episode, it's like, you know. The fires have been put out and the planes are flying again. They're, they're, they don't even make a big deal out of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. It could be that. Like just in time for when they need to go home or something. Oh, look, all of a sudden the planes are ready. Yeah, yeah. My sort of gut reaction is to say, like, it is a thing, but, uh, but that's definitely possible. Um, the license plate for the doctors with the machine is TNK331. Okay. Just thought I'd point that out. I <laughs> don't know what that means, but... Um, Sounds like a license plate. TNK almost is tank. Mm-hmm. It's almost think. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got. So that's my analysis. For, uh, yeah, Internet 2.0. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tonk. Tank. Yeah. Um. God, I can't believe Kevin saw Evie, and it was just a random person. Yeah. Yeah. You know how I crazy mean, that is. I I guess the question is like, what was happening there? Like, I mean, I guess we're we're meant to believe that that he was totally imagining it, mm-hmm. but I I feel like. I feel like the door is open there for some kind of crazier explanation um, of why he was seeing her. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't don't ask me like what. I, I mean, felt like that was going to be your <laughs> I just want to, you know, I just want to throw out there like it might be something else. Like what? That I don't wish to define at this time. Ah, I see. <laughs> wow, somebody's been watching too many Senate hearings recently. I, um, I, I guess the idea that, you know, something is like sending this vision. You know, that it's like coming from black, somewhere. Perhaps? Yeah, yeah, like not just, not just Kevin making it up himself, but, you know, something is responsible for causing him to see uh to see evie i i feel like that's at least like on the table for speculation let's play speculation detective um (laughs) (laughs) i just i hear a sketch in my head (laughs) where it's like 
there's a detective named Speculation Detective, and like, you know, the detective always has these crazy theories, <laughs> and then the police is like, that's Speculation Detective, <laughs> and it's just really bad wordplay, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like who's on first? Or yeah, it's like who's on first? That's Speculation Detective. I know my name, <laughs> but th- my theory is what I want you to talk about. Right. Sorry, that sketch. Um, I don't know if that, that's interesting, but I want to play Speculation Detective and compare this, um, event. Okay, because what we have here is basically Kevin having an issue. <laughs> to put it lightly. And then Lori basically <laughs> helping him with the issue, like, but giving him context for the issue, you know, her version or her belief about what's happening with him, right? Right. So let's walk through those steps with what happened last time he was going through this and she helped him. Mm-hmm. So basically, so I haven't rewatched all of season two yet, but basically he came to her when he was seeing Patty, right? Yeah. Okay. And she thought that it was just a delusion. Right. And she turned out to be wrong. Seemingly. Or seemingly wrong. Right. Cause <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of what I wanted to figure out. Like, what happened with that part of the storyline? And how does that help us figure out this part of the storyline? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's 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 unresolved. I feel like it's still possible that Patty was was just a delusion. Uh, just a very, you know, a very vivid one. Mm-hmm. Um, that he had elaborate fantasies about. Um yeah, and it's interesting that he transposed Evie's face on a person versus just seeing her. At, yeah, like we said before, just seeing her around. Yeah, it's it's a different kind of thing, definitely. Um, uh, but it's such it's so, I mean, it's so crazy to be so deluded that you're looking at someone and you're <clears throat> not seeing them. You're yeah. seeing someone else. <laughs> Well, and yeah, and you and you have to be primed to know the truth, primed for the uh, to the truth or whatever, before you get like before reality looks normal to you. You know, she had right. to kind of like prime them and say, okay, this is not what you think yeah. it is. Now look at the picture, and it's like a magic trick. It's like yeah. unveils the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention though, in terms of this whole idea with uh, Kevin's kind of envious that Evie was able to like escape. Um, another aspect of escape, she escaped her family, but she also escaped life and, you know, died, presumably. That's what we, we think he thinks, at least. Um, so I find that kind of interesting in the context of him having just read his book and looking at those kind of beats of him coming back to life and that whole resurrection thing. Um, so when Lori's like, you know, you, you know, um, you look at Evie as someone who was able to escape. I wonder if that that life and that escape from life is part of that too, maybe. And maybe mm-hmm. that's like contributing to his uh, the like the uh, the psychotic break, you know? Because right. it's it's not it's more than he just wants to leave his family <laughs> or not have responsibilities. But like, there's this idea that he might be. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. That's how I was gonna say it. Like, he wanted to leave his family because he felt trapped, right? Right. Uh, or he felt trapped because he wanted to leave his family and couldn't, didn't, or couldn't. Right. And I wonder, maybe it's the same thing for life, you know, because if he if he feels like he can't die, 
that means that death is not even an escape for his pain right. or whatever. Right? So that could be another angle on why he's kind of jealous of Evie and then therefore like started seeing her because he kind of was reliving that kind of, or, or maybe kind of even understanding by reading the book that, Oh crap, from this perspective, it looks like I'm trapped. I can't die, you know? Right. Uh, um, and therefore I can never in my pain or whatever, which would be very traumatic and, you know, maybe spark a delusion. Yeah. 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 That seems reasonable. But yeah, it was crazy. And I, I thought the scene uh, when, when, when he's confronting Evie um, or Danya, um, yeah. and uh, and yeah, when she kept with the accent, I thought it was so strange. And I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I don't understand why you're saying all this, but you still have the accent. And you know, it was a roller coaster I, ride for me. That yeah, it seemed like was she. I'm like, was she brainwashed? Yeah. Did did it? You know, did she? You know, what's what's happening here? Why is she? Did she forget? Did she have amnesia and she thinks she's mm-hmm. someone else? You know, that whole thing. Um, I want to look at the transcript for a second because she said something that was interesting. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, there is no family. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great line because that's exactly what Evie would say. Right. <laughs> so is that something Lori told her to say? I'm assuming. Just as like, okay, this will really convince Kevin. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Her... Yeah. She's definitely up on the guilty remnant dogma. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. So, yeah, that seems like the most likely source for that. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Why are you using an accent? I have to go. <laughs> I think I hear. I think I left my oven on. Uh, sorry, I gotta return some videotapes. Exactly. <laughs> to 1985. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to build a time machine first. That's why I need to leave. No time. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy stuff in this episode. We get so you know going forward, we might have some kind of riff between. Uh, Lori and John seems like something's brewing there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Kevin kind of getting in the way of their relationship a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> the book uh, uh, will probably be the an book. issue. Yeah. For Lori, uh, you're totally right about that because he's definitely indulging the delusion mm-hmm. if that's what she thinks it is. Uh, yeah, she's going to totally be like, this is not healthy. No yeah. one should think. They're worthy of a gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, said <except> Jesus. <laughs> and all the other people who had gospels. Right. There was more than one, right? It's a couple. Well, I think all the gospels are about Jesus. Oh, that's what it is. It's a bunch of people who wrote them. Right? Four gospels all about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the quad gospel. Yep. Uh, it's a quadrilogy. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate quadrilogy. 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 It's a hard one to say. Cool. Anything else? Uh, I think, I think that's it. That's all I, uh, that's all I have for the moment. Obviously, uh, you know, 
we might bring up this episode again going forward as we come to understand it better. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see what's up with the explosion. I can't wait to see um, what Nora's going to yeah. do next, if there's anything more with the machine. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. If the machine exploded. <laughs> if the machine exploded, which we'll is see. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm thinking. Building departure. I, I, I really hope it exploded, but there's there's some like strange proof that it was real, but you can't. Right. But it's like... It's it's kind of one of those things where like uh, fables or something where like you, you should have trusted something and you didn't, but it turned right. out it was it was that you know one in a million chance kind of a thing. It did like, work, but now it did like, work. they can never rebuild it again. Exactly. Or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I could totally see them doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, that seems like the best theory to me. I guess, like, if it's not the machine and it's not just the plot device to keep them in Australia, then it has to be something we can't really guess based on what we know. Yeah, I mean, terror attack? I mean, that seems... Yeah, awesome. some random thing. This seems kind of off from the show. Totally off. They do, unless, like, maybe the Guilty Remnants are doing something Yeah, there. yeah. Some yeah. weird thing. Um... Uh, but it's interesting that the flights are down because of the explosion. I, I just still, that's a bit weird to me. Yeah. Unless the explosion was at the airport. Um, right. It's very weird that that would, or, or close by and there's a big fire or something where yeah. that would, that would cause them to stop, uh, flights. Yeah. And I also don't trust this doctor still. I think, uh, you know who, you know who I think he is? He's, um, he's Ethan. Ethan from Lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. I think I think he seems nice and normal, but something's up. Secretly, he's. Uh, he's yeah, he's secretly Horace and Amy's baby. Yep, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh God. Sorry, Lost spoilers. If you haven't seen Lost. Yeah, jeez. All right. Of course, you don't. You probably don't know who they are. By the time you know who they are, then you probably you're not far anyway. <laughs> well cool man uh all right yeah. well thanks everyone for listening we'll be back next time um till then all right see you later see you next time <laughs>